to show. No, we're doing it. We're doing it. Go, let's just start. <laughs> no, it, it's that, um, like, I don't know, like, because since we got new neighbors, I can hear shit, like, movement and everything. So, what ends up happening is the house makes noises. It's them making noise. But I always feel like, okay, there's something out there. And then Sarah gets pissed because she's like, why do you lock the door, the bedroom door at night? I was like, because, man. If something comes in here to fuck with me, she was like, but Sophie's door is unlocked. I was like, I mean, she know how to lock the door, too. <laughs> what the fuck you want from me, man? Like, you're, all, you're all look, wife. If if you're like, here and I'm here, we can make 10 more Sophies. If I'm gone, yeah. you're, you're all out. You're all out. Yeah, look, the reason I'm not getting a vasectomy because what if, like, the repopulation of the world relies on me? Like, or what you know? What if what if my wife says I want a divorce? I go into a new marriage, like with nothing but action figures. Like I can't make no babies or nothing. All I got is a podcast and action figures. That's that, fucked I, up. I so. mean, I mean, if you're divorced and you end up with only a podcast and action figures, you might that might just be it right there. Like that might just that's it. Like except so except dying alone. I agree <laughs> with that to some degree, but you know I'm fucking charming, dude. So. Some chick might be like, hey, like Dante, let's make a family. And I'm like, I can't because I only have action figures. What you do and is you, you just, this is an easy solution. You just lie. You continue to lie. And then and then eventually blame her. <laughs> I mean, I think you can like reverse vasectomy. Oh, you can. You can. Yeah, you can. I'm not. I'm not fucking with it. Like, I think ultimately what it really boils down to is I don't want a knife near my balls. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it comes not, down to. Let's not mess my balls in one way or another. Oh, I was at a party. I don't know what party it was years ago. Were they messing with balls? No, but everybody oh. there had their balls messed with and they're like sitting around oh. talking about it. And I was the only one there that could make babies still. And it felt really weird. So <laughs> I went over, grabbed some more beers and just sat in the corner by myself. Like, it's like you were the only one <laughs> you, you you were the only one with a working gun at, at the in the war yeah it's like all right fellas we're going to war well i am y'all aren't <clears throat> oh well i mean fuck it but the moral of the story is i'm not getting upset to me not that this discussion ever really came up with my wife and i but right look i'm just scared to go downstairs to get get the box of wine because it's dark down there my wife mm -hmm. turns off the fucking you know that light above the stove or whatever the fuck she always turns that off and i'm like yo why why do you don't why do you do that she doesn't give me a reason and i'm just yeah. like like it i hate walking out look when the police knocked on our door at four in the morning my wife went downstairs in the pitch black and i was torn because it's like i don't want to abandon my wife in this situation but i also don't want to run into the darkness either so see the, the irony of it is that in the in the horror movie she interacts with the killer first but i'm sure you still die first of course <laughs> that's of like course. that's that's it. like those are the rules dude 
week. And just so y'all know, this isn't off. The, uh, this isn't so you like horror. This is off the mats. Uh, episode one fifty. My guest this week is going to be uh, Manuel. Hey, he's also right. the host of. So yeah, I didn't say man, Manny well. Uh, and well, who's also the host of Off the Saddle podcast. If y'all are out there checking it out, if you haven't listened to the podcast, please go do so. It's about, you know, cycling and cyclists and, you know, the people who ride their bikes to get in my way when I'm trying to get to work on time. Mm-hmm. And then they make me about three minutes late and I yeah. get questioned about it. Mm-hmm. So he does a podcast about that. Yeah. And that's actually all we talk about, how to make people late like that. I fucking knew it. <laughs> Uh, just sit there before you get on your bikes and say okay now if we kind of ride like in a formation like a v formation Mm -hmm. we could really fuck some people's days up everybody yeah yeah Uh, but what's going on man how you feeling oh i'm feeling good Uh, i actually have uh two weeks off coming up from work after friday so uh, we're recording today on wednesday so i got two more days to go and then i'm off for two weeks so um, I'm really stoked about that. And then after those two weeks off on April 1st, I have a tough mutter that I should have been training for, but I would say I didn't do much at all for. I completely lied to myself and didn't do well in my preparation. No, you were making it more of a challenge for yourself because you want to prove that you're better than everyone else. I mean, so, that's ultimately my goal no every day. Yeah, I, um, I won't lie. Like, I really did want to get get on a program and start working out. Like, that was the goal. That really was the goal. But I think my brother in law said it best. He's like, "That's okay." So now, instead of working out so that you do great at this, this is going to be the catalyst that starts you working out, and you got to continue it from now on. And I'm like, you know what? I like how that sounds. I don't know if that's going to be true or not, but I'm going to go with it until I prove that wrong. I mean. Maybe maybe you're a better human than I am, but I'm gonna let you know how it worked for me with that 5K. It, it's it's not going to. Like when I ran the 5K with my goddaughter, my objective was to beat her. I didn't care about anything else. I think I finished 100 second, and she like we we're running up a hill at the end, and she was ahead of me, and oh, no. I mustered up all the gas and just took off full sprint <laughs> up that hill. Got past her and knocked her to 103. Um, <laughs> and and after that, I was like, dude, I really need to work on my cardio. Like, I, you know, I, I was lifting. You know, I played basketball, football still at that time. So, you know, I was in decent shape, but I wasn't in runner shape. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to start running a lot more. No, I didn't. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, I ran far less after that, and then I started doing jiu-jitsu. Any so desire to run died on that hill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and my goddaughter was mad at me the entire ride home. She, it was like she just sat there in the back seat, like pouting. It was like, hey, hey you know what? She got, she got slides. She could have run harder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this. As much as I talk shit about my mom and, and the traumas that she caused me, she didn't raise no bitch. Well, actually, she didn't raise me, but she didn't birth no bitch. Like, she didn't birth a loser here. Now, my goddaughter, on the other hand, I'm not calling her a loser, but, you know. But she lost that. I mean, <laughs> I won. So uh, call it what you want. Um, but, oh, yeah, yeah. So this reminds me. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, no. I was just stammering. I don't even know what I was about to say. Go ahead. I, I have a similar story that I want to share that is, um, I think it was like the third episode I did was, or second, was with uh, my nephew, Andrew, on Off the Saddle podcast. And we talked about a lot of stuff, but I think we, we forgot to talk about one of my favorite things that... I, Maybe it was just too young to realize it. I look back like, no, that was a great life lesson for you. And he laughs about it, but <laughs> it wasn't cool for a long time. Uh, so basically, he used to skateboard. I, I taught him how to skateboard, and he, you know, he skateboarded. I, I was skateboarding, and you know, obviously, I was I was probably ten years older than him, so I had a, you know I had a lot of years on him. And by the time he was learning how to skate, when he was five six, I was already like I think ten or fifteen. So I had been skating for a long time. So in skating, there's a game just like in basketball called horse, but they call it skate. So basically I do a trick, you do the trick. I do a trick, you do a trick. I mess up, now it's your turn, right? We played skate, which is basically like horse. We played skate for like 20 years before he beat me. He didn't beat me till he was like 20. Like as every game, every single game, I didn't, I didn't do the, I'll let you win. I was just, nope, you're going to lose. Nope, you're not going to win. But I'll say this. When he beat me, and he did eventually, he, when he beat me, it was probably the greatest moment ever for him. And so deserved and so much behind it. Well earned. That That's, you know, that's the magic to it there, though. It's like, if you you know if you're really really working at something you just can't it's like playing a video game which that's not a good example for me because if i can't beat a video game i take that shit back to the store but it's um, broken. <laughs> i exchange it for something else i'm like man fuck this game give me something else no elder i was an elder ring elden ring what was that, What's that yeah like like no. is it elder scroll is that it? i don't know what it is i don't fucking know i don't, I don't play it i, I took it back <laughs> but no like you know that that's you know a good lesson though because you know they, they you know it, it gives them something to work towards it's like i'm sure like all those years he's like look i'm gonna beat him one of these fucking days and that that's all he was working towards once he did it that shit was deserved and earned i on the other hand i let my daughter beat me on uh this one game on mario party and the, she was two when, when you know, I was letting her beat me. Now the thing is, she's seven now. She might have been three, but either way, she's she's six. She's not seven yet. She'll be seven soon. She's six now. And whenever that game comes up on the challenges, I am trying my hardest. I cannot beat that little girl at this one game, and it is very very bizarre that I can't beat her. And it, like, there's something to it though, because it's like. You know, you don't want to let kids win. You want to, like, make them earn it. Yeah. But, you know, I let her win early on because I was like, okay, you know, you know, she was like, you know, she's three. She's, like, not throwing a tantrum, but you can see, like, I don't want to play anymore. Like, no, 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 come on, keep playing. You got to keep trying. So then I let her win. You know, I let her win, like, what, like the first several times at it. But then as we started getting older, I was like, okay, now I'm done letting you win. I'm gonna beat you at every. I'm gonna beat you at this every time, and I cannot right. beat her. My wife cannot beat her. This is her game now. And so sometimes that shit builds that confidence too. It's like, oh, you let That's them win. True. Now they, 
but I think it's, it's I think it's a rare case. I think you still got to whip whip the kid's ass and make them earn that win. Well, I, I think what you're touching on, actually, because I was a AYSO coach um, for a, a good little while for my for my kids. And I think it's important to build confidence. And yes, that was a way that you were able to do it. And it totally worked for you. It seems like she has the confidence in it now and now she's winning so she can build off of that. Um, but it's also dependent on just building that confidence and you can build that confidence like in practice or something like that. It doesn't have to be letting them win, but just as long as you're not just smashing on people and saying you suck, right? Like, like you, you want to like encourage growth while you're, while you're being real and not letting them win. Like, man, that was a good kick or man. Oh dude, this time you're, you've landed so many tricks, you know, pretty soon I'm not going to be able to beat you like this because you're, you're, you're coming up, you know, like things like that. Like, so, so they're, they're like, you, you kind of keep the hook in front of them. So like, they're like kind of, yeah, or was it the, the, the carrot, the donkey and the carrot, like you keep yeah. it there. So they keep chasing it. Like if they see victory is like light years away, you're going to return the game. So well, like we we did play Street Fighter once. She was she was begging play Street Fighter. So we played Street Fighter. Now mm-hmm. we already knew how this was gonna go. She ain't beating me a Street Fighter. I'm not even letting her beat me a street. I'm not even giving her a chance. So I did want you know, like Street Fighter is like two out of three. So I demolished her the first round. This is I want to say this was late last summer. So she was. She had just turned uh, six. I demolished her in that first round. Now the second round, I'm beating the piss out of her too. And I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and let her get around in. So all I had to do was sneeze on her, and she, like she would have been out of the fight. So right. I let her, you know, get all her hits, and she beats me. And then she started talking shit, and you know, Papa Bear don't like that. No. She started talking shit. So I looked at her. I was like, okay, all right, I'll see you. And smashed like just perfect, you know, flawless victory. Just fucking destroyed her. And like, then we went perfect. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like perfect. You know, Chung Lee, Chung Lee, you know, jumping up and down in the crowd chair. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we played another round. Destroyed her, no hits. Perfect again. Played another perfect. But I think I like. I think I beat her. She didn't get a single hit in on me on the next like five matches or whatever ouch ouch and at that point she was like i don't want to play anymore i was like yeah you know but then i did explain to her there's a lesson here don't worry i'm not i'm not a monster i explained to her like look you got to learn to be a good winner too see Mm -hmm. all those times that i beat you with an inch of your life i didn't gloat once i just let it be what it was yeah like this (laughs) this is this is life as you know (laughs) it so keep it that way. Now, when you win, be a good winner. But when you lose, also be a good loser. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, she still hasn't beaten me. And I mean, <laughs> that that goes to the opposite side now, where I beat her so bad, I don't think she thinks that she could play super, uh, you know, Street Fighter now. So, oh well, she knows her limits. <laughs> My kids have a distorted reality to how good I am at stuff. Um, they think I'm much better than I really am, and to be fair, it's not that I'm I'm lying about anything. It's just that I honestly I don't know if it's just dumb luck or you know confidence manifested into with pressure of being in front of your kid and you just do well at something. But 
there's so many sports they've played or things they've tried. I mean, I mean, okay, hockey or devil sticks yeah. or a yo-yo or whatever it's been and they're trying something they're like dad you try it dad you try it like we're trying to flip this puck on the stick and then catch it again on the stick and then hit it or whatever it's like they're trying these silly things right and i'm like oh that's i'm all that's cool man go for it they're like no no we want you to try it i was like whatever and I, the joke became let me dad this and all these dumb random like little things i end up saying i'm gonna dad this and then i do it and like and like it escalates yeah. like this fake myth of me that i'm good at sports and i'm like like i've told them like i'm gonna tell you the truth guys I'm like, i was never that good at sports growing up i was okay there was a couple sports i was good at you know but i wasn't that good at everything that's why i don't let my daughter see me do jujitsu now i want her to have this image in her mind that i'm good at jujitsu and when she sees it's like, oh my god, this guy sucks. He will never be able to defend us. <laughs> like, I want a new dad. No, you're not you're not wrong. When 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 my kids and I went to the same gym, sometimes they would stay and watch me, and I was like, Oh man, this is this is depressing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was white belt status at the time, too. So like I was like new. Like, like I mean, that's just like white belt, like oh, I've been like a year and I almost almost got I got two stripes in or something. No, no, I was like my first week at the gym, they were watching me roll and get my ass kicked. It was I mean, it was bad. And and that's when the response is, look, you motherfuckers are new at something too. All right. Don't act like y'all fucking professionals. This is my first fucking day. I'm learning too. Hey, uh, the fuck y'all think this is. They were humble in class, but when, when they were, we were driving back and they're like, I got a stripe today. Have you? You dad? <laughs> I was like, I like, look, I'm like, your stripes don't count, okay? Well, wait till you're in adult class, and then your stripes count. I'm like, you got all kinds of colors at the youth level. It's like, oh, you got a stripe? You got a fucking stripe? Guess what? You know what else you got today? You're grounded. That's what you got. Get the fuck to your room now. Fuck he's out all, my face. He's like, want to roll for it? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you got a stripe? Here, come on. We got mats in the back. Let's go, son. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna add that stripe to mine. <laughs> like, yeah, like if, if you can't beat me, I take your stripe. How about that? Yeah, just straight up go into a not, hill hook right away. We're not, we're not, we're not playing for pinks. We're playing for stripes. <laughs> like, I think some gyms actually do that. I've heard where like, no. like if you're like a blue belt and you're rolling with a white belt, you're rolling for your belt. No if way. you lose, they take your belt. No way. I don't know how true that is. I, look, it's on the internet. So I could see it working the other way. I could see it like you're a white belt and you don't become a blue belt till under pressure you beat a blue belt. I, I, I think that's cool. That's earning your earning it. I like that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, but um, but if you're a blue belt, I mean you get there's bad roles. There's like you know, there, there's mistakes that could happen. Like, you're, you're going to lose your belt because you because you went for something and missed? That's when you put the, that's when you start thinking, it's like, time to fish hook this kid. <laughs> you taking my belt today. Fuck you think this is. Um, yeah, so for y'all listening, if you haven't figured out, we didn't really have a plan. So it's really just going to be us talking about nonsense well no i did want to uh talk about the podcast your podcast a little bit okay. as well though <clears throat> just to you know kind of get a feel for it uh what, what do you uh 
four episodes in? Well, four and a I mean, bonus. Four and a bonus. Yeah, exactly. So I have four and a bonus so. right now. Uh, the first one was kind of like a half episode. It was more like an introduction. And I talk about what I want to talk about. It's very, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Very inception. Um, but then after that, um, I got my first guest and we, we had a good conversation about, you know, cycling and, and it is about bicycles in a sense. Like a lot of the people who I bring in are, are, I would say so far, everyone has a bike story, but they're not all really diehard bike people. Um, the, the, the reality is it's off the saddle podcast, which is kind of like a play on it which is a one I borrowed it exactly from off the mats. Like that's exactly where it came from. You, you and I talked about it and to be fair, you inspired me to actually go through with this. So I appreciate you in that sense. Um, but for me, it also had a double meaning because if some, if I saw someone and they were like off the saddle on their, on their bike, then they were attacking. Like that means you're going so hard. It's like a sprint kind of right. Uh, yeah. You get off your saddle and you start mashing, right? But then if you haven't ridden in a while, they call that off the saddle as well. So like, oh, man, have you been riding? Nah, man, I've been off the saddle. It's like, oh, so you haven't been riding. Oh, that sucks, dude. What happened? You know, or whatever, right? So I wanted to call it off the saddle because, you know, I think most cyclists, the majority of them ride and then don't ride. Like, it's not like, Every single day, I'm diehard. I, I never miss a day. We all go through those like bumps in our, you know, cycling life where, you know, you just don't ride the way you were riding or you lose a little bit of momentum. And I wanted to kind of fill the gap of that. Like, one, tell stories to inspire people to want to ride more. And then, two, also just talk about what happens when you're not riding because life happens all the time. You know, no one's. So, well, no, there are people that are like one mind and that's all they do. But the majority of us, there's more than just cycling in our lives or more than just jujitsu in our lives or, you know, more than any one thing, really. So I wanted to kind of bridge the gap. And, you know, th there is some hate and you kind of brought it up like, why are you in my way? This and this. And it, it's fun to joke about it. But that is a real thing, you know, like uh, th these two sides of like the traffic people and the cyclist community can't agree on who's at fault here when ultimately like it's look don't be a dick if you're on your bike move over let them go by you don't own the road like there's no need for that then at the same yeah. time if you see me on the road and i moved over a little bit there might be something gonna fuck me up on that side you know there's like grates that my wheels can get stuck in and i don't want to go smash my teeth so if i have to move over just give me Five seconds is not going to ruin your day, I promise. So there, there's a middle ground. And, you know, we're, we're humans. And I think the podcast was designed to show people who aren't cyclists that we're all just humans doing shit, normal shit. Yeah, that's one of the things that me listening to the podcast, I take from it is that, you know, there's more to the story than just, you know, the guys riding the bike. And, you know, we know that. We know that, you know, People aren't just, you know, the one thing that we see them as, you know, there's a life to it. But listening, you know, I, I want to say like, um, like, you know, your first episode with a guest, actually, no, even your uh, intro episodes, you know, that as I'm listening, I was like, damn, dude, like, you know, I don't want to pick up a new hobby, but, the, the, you know, they're, they're telling this in a way that makes you, 
it, it got interest for me. You know, I was like, oh, okay, you know. Very cool. But then I started thinking, was like, look, man, Instagram ain't paying like that. I can't just go out, pick up a new hobby, buying a bike and, you know, gear and shit. Like, I can barely, you know, afford jiu-jitsu stuff. But, but no, I mean, you know, your podcast does have that feel to it. It has this flow where, you know, you can just, like, I'll put it on while I'm at work, walking, you know, walking the property and whatnot. Or even now when I'm on the elliptical, you know, you can get lost in the in in the flow. It's it doesn't feel like a task listening to it. It feels like, you know, you're there. Like when we talk, you know, there are times like you know when we did a so you like horror episode. Like I forget that we were talking about fucking you know movies <laughs> from the 1930s, right. but it was such a flow. So you do have that that uh, gift of just kind of you know gift wow. of gap. You know, Thank you. you roll Thank with you. it and people. You know, we hear it and we're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm engaged. So thank you for, you know, doing that. And, you know, really for me, you know, opening my eyes to the cycling world. I appreciate that. That's super cool uh, for you to say. And, and, and again, that's the goal. The goal is show people more about cycling and, you know, cycling life and other things about it. Because, I do think that there is a stigma to cycling or cyclists right now where it's like this uptight, like spandex wearing dude who's almost like a Karen, to be honest. And it's like, oh, I'm sure those, I'm sure that exists, you know, that everything exists, right? I'm sure that exists. But, but there's also just random dudes who just go out there, ride and have a good time and just live their life. And there's more to it than that. And it's actually a super fun thing to do even if it's not your life it's a fun thing riding a bike is a fun thing to do and it says i mean i think when you tie it to a core memory like remember just just remember being a kid and riding your bike like when when you could finally ride your bike that freedom it changed things for every kid who rode a bike every kid who rode a bike understood that once they could ride a bike the park was not too far you know i could go here now I had this freedom now, but I think that's what ties it. Like it's like that freedom is what ties like the the culture. Because ultimately, sure, racing's cool, and I did it myself. But at the same time, like I don't do it for that now. Like I I ride my bike just for the beauty and the freedom and the challenge of it all. Which is funny because when I did jujitsu, it was the same the same thing. There's there's a freedom in putting yourself in the shittiest possible position and trying to survive. Because if you can deal with that level of pressure and anxiety, the rest of the world seems a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's always kind of what I take to the mats with me is all the shit that may happen at work, all the shit that may happen on the road. I mean, it means nothing. It, it, it's nothing compared to having, you know, you know, a, a brown belt. A much smaller brown belt on your back, like a backpack. You have no idea how to get them away from you. Like no matter what, you can run and they just won't go away. It's like spider look, monkey I've, on you. I've got bigger problems in my life. It's this fucking brown belt on my back, and they won't leave me the fuck alone. So that guy that cut me off in traffic, he can go to hell. It's like he's gonna make it to wherever he needs to go. I gotta go get beat up by a brown belt real quick. I gotta figure out how not to get beat up by that brown belt. So, right. I mean, there's challenges that come in these things that we do. 
and that's part of what I think makes people tick is having the challenge and, and growing in that challenge and, you know, you know, having that task and just saying, look, I started here and now I'm at this point, just being able to feel proud of, you know, where you started versus where you've made it to. No, definitely. Definitely. And I think you touched on something there where like, I would say not every sport has that kind of like that, that piece of the puzzle where it's actually the suffering that you identify with that makes everything easier afterwards. Like if you play baseball, if you're dope and you hit the ball every time, you don't really feel the suffering. You might get pissed if you strike out, but you're like, you know, oh, the hell with that. Or I had a bad at bat, you know, like, and let's be real. If you bat 500, which means you missed half of them, you're doing great. You know, like, so like, it's not, like the same kind of pressure is not there. I'm not saying that there's no pressure in baseball. Don't get me wrong. A pitcher in this other situations, but I'm just saying like even your best bike ride, you're under a constant pressure of failure, of exhaustion, of everything hurting constantly, you know, being pushed to your limit. And at the same time, there's a beauty in the fact that you're not quitting. And when you roll for five minutes you know, on the mat, I felt that it's the same kind of people, you know, and I've also felt that that kinship with runners, people who run marathons and stuff like that. There's a few sports out there where there's this, it's all kind of bonded by suffering. If your sport involves a lot of misery that you overcome just to do the sport, then I think you have that kinship with those kinds of people in cycling and jujitsu. And I would say running, especially marathon style. It's oh, yeah. there. There's something special about that. I think about when, you know, being a kid playing football before I really knew that, you know, I was bigger than everyone else and faster. I just, I was just this kid that didn't understand that there was more to the game. So, you know, using that baseball comparison where you're like, if you go out there and you're just a beast at it, you're hitting every ball thrown your way. You don't really understand the suffering. That was kind of my issue with football. Right. You know, at one point it was just like, you know, I'm just running faster than everyone. I'm, I'm bigger than everyone. You know, I'm just, I didn't understand the suffering. I enjoyed playing the game, but I didn't enjoy playing the game, you know, for the lessons that it taught me. I enjoyed playing the game because it made me look good. You were, yeah, you, know? you were dope at it. You were just dope at it, you know? Yeah. And, and no. if you're super dope at cycling or if you're super dope at jujitsu, if you're just this natural talent, like, whoa, this guy's a natural. He's amazing from the from day one. And you see those random people who come in and they just get it, right? Mm-hmm. It still sucks. <laughs> like, it still sucks. You're still suffering even if you always win. Let's say you haven't lost ever as a white belt. It was, I mean, it's not going to happen, right? But let's say for whatever reason, your first five rolls, you won every single match. The odds are it was still difficult during that time. You're suffering. Wrestling is another example. It's another sport of suffering, right? Where even if you're winning, it's still suffering because everything sucks about it. And I think it's like this. Like cyclists have a saying about climbing mountains. Like I love climbing mountains after I'm done climbing them. Which is like, during it sucks. (laughs) During it, it's miserable. You know? And you might have these moments of bliss while you're in there. 
but it's a miserable feeling. Your legs are screaming at you, you know, like like your breath sucks, your 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 lungs hurt, you know, like everything sucks if you're going up a mountain hard. And then there's like six thousand feet to climb, so it's like fucking forever. You know, you're 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 literally climbing for like three, four hours. So that sucks. Yeah. But even if you're super fit, it sucks. You know, like um a famous quote from a cyclist is it never gets easier. You just go faster. And that's beautiful because I think when I did jujitsu, I had that mentality where like, this is never going to get easier. I'm just going to get better at it. Yeah. Like even with jujitsu, it's like you can come in and be a natural talent right out the gate, just blowing through everyone as a white belt. But what you'll run into is as your natural talent and you're doing all these great things on the mat, it's like there's still another level to it. There's right. a level change because then you start going against the upper belt. You start going against the blue belt. You're going to run into some static there. Let's say, you know, you've got, you've got something for the blue belts. You know, let's say you come in as a wrestler, you know, yeah, there's going to be, you know, some learning processes to it because, you know, if, if, you know, you've got a, let's say a three or four stripe white belt, you know, that, that can really, you know, get to your back and, and take control. All right. Yeah. You'll figure that out quick though. Then once you start getting to the blue belt, then they start fucking around, you know, with different things too. Then you start going to the leg locks and then let's say you've got an answer for that. Okay. Then go play with the purple belts. You know, it's like, you, you know, you can be a natural talent you're going to still have those challenges. That's not to say that even, you know, once you get up to those upper belts, you know, you're not going to get better. You're definitely going to get better, right. you know, but it's like, it's not going to be something where it's like, Oh, this is the easiest thing ever. You know? Yeah. And, and that's the beauty about, you know, these types of activities where it's like, you got runners, you got cyclists, you got wrestlers, you got grapplers, you got, um, you know, judo players, you've got boxers, boxers yeah. you, you know, you know, all of it, there's always going to be, you know, a level of challenge to it. No matter how good you get, there's always going to be something new to challenge you in those realms. And I, I think that's, I again, like I said earlier, I think that's what kind of really makes us tick as people is, you know, the challenge of improvement. Right. And, and, and I want to be kind of clear about it because take a sport like tennis. I played it. Not during high school, but afterwards, I learned how to play. After high school, I learned how to play. And it turns out that that's such a fun sport. It's super mm -hmm. fun. And it's super competitive. I didn't know how competitive it was. And as I learned more about it, I realized this shit's cutthroat, dude. Like, there are so few sports where I, I can't even think of another one where basically, like, once you're playing, you don't have a coach. Once the yeah. game's on. It's just you and this other person challenging you and you're going to find out who's better. And the coach can't tell you anything. Like the coach can notice you're doing this stupid thing that you always do. And all you got to do is move your hand a little bit and you'll get it right. Can't tell you until after the match. Like that's it. They can't tell you. There's no, there's no coaching during the match. So that's super cool. And it's super, it's super challenging, right? Yeah. But in playing it in playing tennis, when you just when you're learning how to play it, it's just tiring, but it's not suffering. 
And there's a difference between something being very exhausting. You know, I had hell week in football. It was exhausting. And yeah, I suffered to get through it, right? But that's not the same suffering as you do when you're running a marathon or you're on mile 90 of 100 on a bicycle or you're on minute four out of five minutes in a roll and it's your third roll. And, you know, it's a different it's a different one. It's just different. You're, you're in deeper water more of the time in these other sports work because there's like a physical like you're losing, you know, like like it'd be yeah. different if in tennis you got hit with, with the ball every time you missed it. Like if you miss, they hit you like that was the goal. Like then it'd be like, oh, damn, like your body's you're you're feeling that you're feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, that's something also I want to make clear, too. You know, it's like, you know, anyone listening, I'm not trying to say, you know, other sports aren't difficult because, yeah, yeah, like football. Oh, my God. Two a days. And sometimes we did three a days. There's there's struggle to all of it. I mean, yeah, you know, fuck even like basketball. I mean, because, you know, like soccer, basketball, you know, things like that. You know, there's a lot of conditioning. Right. A lot of cardio involved. I mean, shit, football, you know, we did a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, you know, burpees or up downs, which I remember, I remember doing up downs one time. It was like, um, here in Maryland, it was getting cold. I want to say it might have been, it was unnaturally cold at this point because it was October. I remember doing, uh, up downs and I remember on the down, I dropped and, you know, you hit the ground. It was hard. It was like frozen. And I remember oh, at that point, the tears started to like, <laughs> I, I fought the tears back, but I remember getting home. It was just like, I don't want to do this right. because the thing is for me with football is like, look, I understand my assignment. Give me the ball and I'm going to get there. They're like, well, that's not how this works. So they moved me to defense. Cause it was like, look, like, like, first of all, I couldn't fucking run a route to save my life. So there's that. But I was that kid that if you give me the ball, I'm going to get to the other end of the field. But, right. you know, the, the issue being is like I just never had the coachability or understanding of that. I just knew like, oh, OK, well, I'm, I'm faster. I'm stronger. I can do these right. things. And there was never that challenge. Now, if you're really, you know, being coached through this stuff, you know, your coaches, they're not putting you through these things to punish you, you know, they are trying to condition you because when you're actually out on the field playing, you're going to be in some fucked up situations. You're right. going to be exhausted. You know, you're going to be, you know, just fucking burnt out. So that's kind of the point, but, you know, contrastly, you know, you're doing jujitsu, you're wrestling, you're always Ooh. like, you're always fighting because that's exactly what it is. It's a fight. You know, you're, right. you're on the mats, you know, just, you know, battling for your position on a team, battling, you know, for, you know, county championship, state championship, national championship, Olympics, you know, whatever it may be, you're fighting. Uh, and, and not everyone's built for that. Yeah. And, 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 and I think it's fair to say, like, you played football and I played football and I played baseball and I played soccer and I played these other sports that I'm talking about, you know, and skateboarding, skateboarding, super, super hard. And, and it's painful because every mistake costs you skin, you know, or a bruise or something. So that's really hard too. 
And if you've been skating all day, you're, you're dead. You're like drenched in sweat. You're dead. But that's not the same as these other sports I mentioned, like like the, like the running or the uh, boxing or the jujitsu or the cycling. It's not the same. And as someone who's done both, I can, I, I can, I feel fair. I think it's fair to say there is a difference. There's a difference in, in I guess the price of admission, you know, because, yeah. because a lot of, a lot of those other sports, there are plenty of moments within the sport itself, not just the training, but the sport itself that are, that are okay. Not, not that bad, I guess I'd say, you know, there's, there's a lot of not that bad moments and it's like in cycling, you might be able to say like, Oh, but you, when you go down a hill, you're basically relaxing. And to which I'd say yes and no. Going down the hill is a lot of times more tiring than going up the hill because you have muscles that are exhausted from the uphill or even if they're fresh, then they're not warmed up, right? <laughs> and you got to hold the position and hold the bike into a position where you're not going to slide off the road or you're holding your brakes and you're tired the whole time you're tense. And like I thought it is like within cycling world, right? I thought, oh, I'm going to go. I went to New Jersey to do a, a downhill mountain bike park. Uh, was, I don't even know what, what mountain it was, right? But it was some mountain, and it was like off season. So it was all, there was no snow, a little bit of rain, but it wasn't bad. And basically, you, you take the chairlifts up to the top, and then all you got to do is ride down it. You would imagine that's ideal, right? Like, I don't got to ride. Fuck yeah. You know, like all I got to do is sit on this bike and go down that hill. That's going to be easy. I was more tired and beat up from that than I was from like, had I rode the rode up a normal mountain that height on a road bike, the mountain biking, just the position and the, the bracing for everything. And just, you're like, imagine holding a plank for like 20 minutes. That's what downhill is like on a road bike or a mountain bike, more mountain bikes, harder. And that's why I was I wasn't ready for it because I had never done it like that, you know. I'd never done it to that level, you know. And when I did do it, I was like, "Holy shit! I got a whole new respect for these downhill guys," because it's not easy to hold yourself in that position, like basically squatting, the, like on a wall. You know, have you sit down and you squat on a wall? Yeah, it's like that for like 10, 20 minutes. <laughs> Except it's like yeah. bouncing. <laughs> you're like you're like up and down holding you're like, oh shit. And there's the Not fear of constant death flying off too. Or hitting a tree. That too. Uh, I'll I'll pass on that. See, you, you had me for a minute, you know, listening to your podcast. I was like, oh shit, I got a new hobby, maybe. Now I'm thinking, <laughs> man, there this like I don't ever worry about dying on the mats. Well, like, well I'll be well if someone doesn't let go. Well. I, I get worried with certain people where it's like, man, they beating the shit out of me. What if they just like, what if they like look at me and was like, yo, like, I don't even think I like this dude. And they just start fucking me up. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm super nice. What are you doing? It, it, <laughs> like I help you, old ladies cross streets. And you know what, dude? Like it's actually more the opposite in real life. The jokes aside, yeah. it's more, the it's more like when you got the choke on somebody and you got it good and you're like, and he's not tapping. How much? How how long am I like? Am I gonna make him black? Am I am I that person? Am I am I gonna be the guy who like? Hey, he passed out on my fault. That's his fault for not tapping. Like, yes, it is his fault. 
but it also means you were ready, you were willing to hold on to that choke until he was like lifeless. There's um a TV show that my wife and I watched last week on Showtime because you know sometimes we like to watch TV shows like The Last of Us, Your Honor, all right, you know, Ooh, shit yeah. like that. So oh, yeah. we you know, we, we just finished up Your Honor the week before, or no, Your Honor ends this week, this coming week. Yes. And then um, um, The Last of Us just ended. So we're sitting there, I was like, well, fuck, I want to watch this Yellow Jacket show. So there, yeah. mm -hmm. I was like, I tried it once, but I kind of wasn't into it. So okay. she was like, let's try it again. So we tried it again. And don't worry, people that's listening, stay with me. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back home. Um, <clears throat> basically, you know, it's a group of girls uh, who's on a high school soccer team. And, you know, they're going to nationals. Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. So they're in practice. And one of the girls um, got, uh, uh, did a slide tackle and broke another girl's leg. Like, like really broke Nasty. the leg. Like, through, through the skin and everything, going ah. through the skin and all. And as I looked at my wife, I paused it. And I was like, <laughs> yo, we talking about practice, yo. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Practice. Yes, and exactly. It, it's like, who's who slide tackling in practice, yo? That hard. It, who's going for it like that? That hard. Yeah. So, and, and you know, that's what I think about in jiu-jitsu. Yes, you have your competition classes where you're really getting after it. But even still, you know, you're not, you know, if you got a good choke, you're, for the most part, you can tell, this is most like with a rear neck, you know, choke, you know, you can kind of really feel if somebody, you know, if you should keep going or let go. Um, but no one's trying to hurt anyone. Yeah. You know, but you are trying to push yourself to the limits well, as far as you can. I was, I was, when I was a white belt, I'm still a white belt, but I was a white belt then and I still am. And I was rolling with the blue belt and I got all like super excited because they had just taught me a choke that I really felt was like, it was a good choke for me and my abilities with my tiny ass arms. You know, I'm a T-Rex. You want to know why I'm good at cycling? I'm a T-Rex. I have big thighs, big legs, big butt. And when I was younger, skinny on top, I have T-Rex length arms. You know, um, you know what? I'm glad baggy jeans are back in style because when tight jeans were in style, I, my, my, my hands didn't go into my pockets. I could only get my fingertips in my pockets because they were low rise. I just couldn't reach. Like It wasn't going to happen. And then sagging got just, cool. Ugh. I just Thank started buying you. pants again, and uh, not because baggy pants are back in, so I'm like, "Yes, yeah. I'm back." But, but yeah. Um, oh shit! Sorry, that's me. Oh, it's both oh, of us. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what the fuck just happened with the internet, but well, I know what's going on with the internet. I think I need to get another router. Another again. one. So, oh, what I'm going to try to do, because Sarah doesn't want to rent one from the company we're using because it's ten dollars a month you know after a year you didn't already bought a new router so yeah. i'm gonna find out what router they use and then i'm just gonna buy that one okay and, 
and it should don't, don't, hopefully don't, fix. Nah, don't even do that. Just find out what router is capable of compatible rather, and then buy a doper one. Because the reality is, you can keep a good router for a year and a half, two years. Yeah, kind of figured out. Yeah, that's about the length of it. Because who's it? Might have been you. I was talking to someone. We were talking about like how old the other router was. I was like about. I don't know, maybe four or five years. Like, yeah. Oh. And in router years, that's pretty fucking old, dude. Just like, oh, oh that's that's yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's a lifetime. That's a lifetime. It, it's funny, just like not really thinking in modern terms of technology. It's like, oh, wait a minute, like things don't last as long as they used to. But also, we didn't have the technology that we have now back then. Yeah. So. This is like now kind of that learning, like, oh, okay, so my router might be good for two years, max. Right. And it, it, it's a bit unfair to judge us so harshly because two years ago, what was desired and what was acceptable as speeds and mm-hmm. how fast you want something to upload and download was like, if something downloaded in 30 minutes, you're like, oh, that's amazing. But you're now you're like, why can't it download in five? And if you want to continue that, then that's why it gets outdated so quickly. It's not that your router sucks. It's just that the, 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 what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Like the, like, like the end zone keeps getting further away. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like, 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 it's not that what you have sucks. It's what you have is just archaic compared to what's out there now. So two years is about how long you want to last with something before you feel like you're so behind or, the the con the con what's what we're looking for like the the limitations of what you're doing 1080p and you know 120 you know hertz and this and this and that and that like we we, we just everything demands so much more power now that you kind of have to move yeah. up just to be on par with what you're capable of because you don't want to have a computer that doesn't process as fast as your brand new uh, cell phone oh yeah well and and that's just kind of the weird thing about about everything now is i keep things to a very minimalist mindset you know it's like when it comes to uh computers for instance i only use this computer for this and Mm -hmm. this alone now the thing is as the websites and and the apps and things start to advance and get more powerful mm-hmm. yes my macbook you know that i got in 2021 you know it's fine for the moment but you know like the 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 mac mini that i have downstairs um i think what's that 2012 2012 and it still works it still functions right but i know when i was recording i want to say the first 30 maybe first yeah first 30 or 40 episodes of off the mats were done on that mac mini and i haven't gone back to listen to any of them i'm just i don't know if i can do that i don't think i have it in me but i know it was a struggle for me to get things set up and get rolling i remember trying to record with a good friend and the computer just kept giving me issues and i told her i was like look we'll have to do this another time i still never reached back out because i was so embarrassed i was like god damn it you shouldn't be. but um but now it's like with this one you know despite you know the internet issues you know it's like 
it, it runs, you know, fine. Like, you know, like converting, you know, th this video into audio. It's quick. Whereas on that one, that was a four hour ordeal sometimes. Oh, wow. I would just that's let it run. Speed. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Yeah. Like now, it, it might take 30, maybe 40 minutes, depending on like if it's a, if it's like a, three-hour episode yeah that's probably a like maybe 40 minute download or a conversion um which i accept that but if it's like hour hour and a half that's probably 15 minutes at best and nice. and nice you know just you know the technologies are different but you know i'm leaving all of that shit in there like i'm, I'm gonna kind of toy around it are you really <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just like, look, motherfuckers. This is this is what I've been real dealing talk. with recently with, with from, the internet. From baggy pants to real life internet issues. That's what you're gonna get this time. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the things with um, doing the podcast, though. Too, for me, is I try to stay genuine. I want it to stay to a point where people understand. Like, this is who I am. I don't want anyone to ever listen to the podcast and think, you know, oh, this guy's different than what I would have thought. Right. Now, granted, you know, I run three different podcasts. You might get three different personalities between between all of them. It depends. Like, I mean, you've listened to Colompton. That oh, yeah, that that shit love is it. not meant. Love it. That it's not meant for my grandma for sure. Um, meanwhile, Oddly, I don't like my grandma. I, I think my grandma would love it. Um. I think my grandma would listen to maybe what's the episode? I think like one of the early episodes called "Losing Losing Our Religion." Mm. I, I would let her lose that. I would let her listen to that one just so she can understand. Like, look, this is what all those years going to that Lutheran church did to me. Mm. Like, mm. just so you understand, don't Good listen church. to anything after this episode. Uh, my church, I, I felt like the church I went to was a good church. It was a fun church. Um, very kind people. It's just the religion isn't my cup of tea. Um, you know, and I, I don't, you know, begrudge anyone else who holds religion dear to their heart. I begrudge a couple people, but that's because I'm a dick. <laughs> you know, fuck and, and let's be real. They could be Satanist. They'd still be the same person. They could yeah. be Mormon and they'd be the same people. Nine times out of 10, if you're a dick, it doesn't matter what religion you bow to. Yeah, dicks yeah. are dicks, and the reality is religion is just something people hide behind. Because whether you have whatever your agenda is, my mom, for example, my, one of my foster moms, right? My mom, for example, she's a devout uh, Roman Catholic, and oh. yeah, you can imagine it's a, it's a strict religion. It's pretty out there. It's like as far as it goes, pretty traditional and old school and all that jazz, right? Yeah, she, but. But she's learned to have acceptance and find a way to accept things that are not within her religion, but she just has an understanding of good people and not good people. And ultimately, she lives her life and she guides her children, which was me for like a couple of years. And she has her own child. And, and he's awesome. He's a cool guy. He's my brother, you know? Um but she's such a such a good person, you know. She's such a good person that she could be Baptist and it wouldn't change who she is. She just happens to believe in a certain sect of religion that does certain things, and there's some kind of bizarre things. And I 
I love it personally. I mean, because I grew up with that one. I grew up with uh, uh, just traditional Christianity as well. And I had a short stint with uh, Jehovah's Witness in my foster uh, homes. And all that, like, just I got to kind of appreciate religion for what it can be and also see it for the, in my opinion, okay, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, anyone listening who believes in something, it's okay. You have every right to have that. But I also appreciate religion for the lie that it is, you know, and it's like at the end of the day, if what you're preaching is positive and kind and good and you're not going to hate people for not choosing your religion, then then you're OK. Go for it. Keep going down that road. But if you're going to read eliteness and judgmental, then, then you're, you're 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 part of a crew. You're not part of a religion. It's a click. No, like I completely agree with that. It, it's that's always been my thing. Is like, I think fellowship is important. I think humans we're we're, we're tribal. You know, we want to have oh, yeah. groups. We want to have teams. We want to have cliques. My wife and I were just talking about this the other day. Is um, I can't remember how the topic came up. We might have been watching a documentary or something. I think we were watching a QAnon documentary because, dude, I have so much fun with that shit. God, God damn, it's so mm. fun. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, but then we got into this talk about how, you know, you know, race, and and you know how it morphed to you know skin color, and it switched from like you know judging people on their religion. Mm. You know, and how they how they prayed and, you know, what they believed and how they believed. And I was like, I mean, it still kind of breaks down to, the, to this day in these weird sectors because, you know, let's talk about text messaging. You know, okay. You, let's say there's a group chat and there's okay. one motherfucker with the green chat. <laughs> that motherfucker has an Android. Okay. I'm that motherfucker. And Fuck that I movie. always get I get cussed out in all the chats. Because I have an Android. They're like, who's fucking up our fucking chat right now? Dante, is that you? And, you know, it's all tongue-in-cheek. It's all fun and games. You know, we're laughing. But the the fact is, you know, you do have people that are like, you know, are you team iPhone or team Android? Or, you know, sports teams. You know, people judge off of sports teams. Oh, yeah. It's, you know. It's beyond me. It's like we both love football. But the fact that your loser team Detroit Lions and my loser team, the Raiders. And, and I say that because literally neither team is going to win or has won in a while and will not win in the next couple of years. Hopefully they will. I'm, I'm really hopeful that Jim does something amazing, but whatever. I have my doubts. But nonetheless, like these are not amazing teams. We're not talking about dynasty teams of the last decade. But we're still going to be elitist. Even though oh, yeah. our team, like that makes no sense. We both love the same sport. Both of our teams are lucky when they go, you know, a decent 500 record, you know, like, we're, like, but somehow we're going to be elitist to each other and talk shit about each other. That, that makes no sense to me. It's like, look, we both love football. We both love sport. Obviously we have our own team, but really they're doing the same shit. Like, come on. Yeah. Why not just love football? Like what's wrong with that? Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like, we break down into these, these little groups and let's say let's say in a, in a weirdly perfect world all right we all love football equally and right. no one hates the other one's team 
Well, then we'll hate people. We'll hate people like basketball. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that oh, like you like basketball? Oh, you like basketball? Uh, that, that, that weak sport? <laughs> yeah. Like, these motherfuckers can't even play a full season anymore, little bitches. It's like, you know, it, but that's how we get, though, as, as so stupid. groups. You know, we yeah. just... We pick team and sports teams, I think, are the hardest ones, though, to kind of change. It's like, you know, you get like me again. I grew up a Lions fan, a Pistons fan, you know, Red Wings fan, mm -hmm. uh, Tigers mm -hmm. fan. You know, that's not going to change anytime soon. You know, so sports, you know, being a, a fan of a sports team is a little tougher with the change up. But then sometimes you might fall out of the sport. I, I know at one point. I kind of disconnected from, you know, team sports for a minute because it in, in even now when I look at. So, I mean, we're in the fantasy football league together this year, mm -hmm. um, and I think fantasy football does something to you when it comes to team sports, because, you know, as a Lions fan, traditionally, I'll pick a lot of Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings and Chicago Bears just because I know they got to play the Lions twice a year. Right. And I know those are going to be big games for me. But, you know, th that, you know, fantasy football kind of does something to you a little bit where, you know, you can kind of spread out your favoritism for something. But ultimately, for me at least, it became this thing of like, I'm not going to let Detroit sucking at sports for my day mm -hmm. you know i have a friend who's a ravens fan and he takes it to heart right um but like oh actually you haven't listened to the the most recent colompton episode i have not you know why i can but, tell you why so i've actually um i work for an advertising company called fox dealer and they were like, hey, you know what, guys? You guys are doing a great job. You can take the next week off and work from home. Like, you don't got to drive here. So that's huge for me because I, I work a round trip commute of 100 miles. So every sure. time I go to work, I drive 100 miles there and back. So him, like our, my boss saying, like, by the way, you guys are doing great. You guys can work from home all week next week, which is this week for me. It saved me hundreds of miles of driving and literally more than two hours a day of my day. So to be to say that I'm not appreciative is like that's under understatement of the year. So but that's sure. why but that's also why also why I haven't heard Colopton because normally I put that shit on and then I drive through com uh, my you know 50 mile commute, then I work uh -huh. and then I on the way back I finish it. Like so that's kind of how it goes, you know, like. So I haven't heard it this time, but you know, it's uh, it it will still be there. Trust me, and the audio is much better than the one before. Um, <laughs> you know but, what? Though, like, I just put that shit on blast, and I still heard it, and it was a good episode. And I wish the audio was better because it really was a great episode. The the thing that pissed me off about it is that I saw it so late, and Steve said, "Yeah, I listened to it. You can barely hear it." I was like, "Yeah, it's our life," um, but. On this uh, most recent episode, uh, my friend who really loves the Ravens, mm -hmm. I um, screenshot his Facebook post and read it on air. Oh. Um, 
and you know it's it's nothing that's like it you know personal or anything it was more about you know the whole lamar contract situation yeah and 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 then you know there's this thing to it where it's like who cares you know, he's basically saying, you know, Lamar, you know, I'm over it. We don't want him anyway. He's selfish, da da da, blase, blase. Say, look, man, he's putting his body on the line. Of course, he wants to fucking get paid. He sees fucking Daniel Jones getting fucking <laughs> 40 million. Yeah, <laughs> pay me, son, because Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. Like that dude. You I know, mean, you're right. Daniel Jones is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, you're saying something there, but yes. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's great. You know, actually, I, Daniel Jones be breaking out for like big runs out of nowhere. Again, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm pretty sure last year he was. Um, he was his accuracy was what saved him. It, the, the running obviously helped a little bit, but it, act, between accuracy and that running, it was definitely good. But I think, I mean, I just said it. I said, let's go, Jim. You know, like I'm not a Jimmy fan. I'm not a Jimmy G fan. I I, I don't think that was the right move for the Raiders. But kind of like what how I feel about our presidents. Like when Trump got into office, that wasn't my first choice. When Obama got into office the second time, that wasn't my first choice. But that's still now that's now my president. How stupid are you to wish them to fail when when they fail, the freaking United States fails? Like I was like, man, you know what? Like. I didn't think Trump was the right guy, but I didn't think, and I didn't think Obama's second term was the right guy, but he's our guy and I want him to prove me wrong. I want nothing but the best and let's go, go team USA because ultimately not my vote, but still my president. Like, I don't care. I don't do that. Not my president shit. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. That's my guy. And I really hope he does well. I don't care who it is. I vote based on what I believe, and if my vote doesn't yeah. work, I still want the best because the best benefits me. Like, how could you not want the best? Like, I hope we have a shitty season because we got Jim G instead of who I wanted. Like, no, yeah. like, I still want to have a good season. I want Jim to prove me wrong, have an amazing season, um, not get hurt. <laughs> you know, like, like, I want a great season. I'm a Raider fan, and, and he's a Raider now, so kudos to him. Like, let's go. Go gym, you know, like that's what it is. Yeah. Like, like, and you have to have that mentality to be healthy. I think. I think when when you have the mentality, like, how dare he? It's it's such an awkward mentality to me. I'm not trying to diss on your friend, but the diss is there. In case he's asking, the diss is there. Like, it's it's the wrong mentality. You're having the wrong mentality when when you're trying to personalize someone else's decision to make the right move. Why not be like, yeah. damn you, Ravens? This guy is the guy I believe in. I think you should pay him whatever he wants. That would be a more appropriate stance, you know? And if they say no, be like, well, I guess the Ravens want to save money. Hopefully it ends in a better team next season or something. You know, whatever. Like, you still got to be positive with your mentality of not, what are you doing being a sports fan? Like, sports is all about optimism. Like, 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 I'm hoping we don't go 0 and 9 the first nine next games. <laughs> like, I'm optimistic. Well, and that's the thing, though, too. It's like, again, these guys are putting their bodies on the line. So, you know, you want to get paid. Oh, you yeah. know, if you're out there, you know, risking your, your you know, brain cells, you know, with CTE. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. 
RG RG three, you know, you know, ended up, you know, getting himself hurt pretty bad. Yeah. Um, very early on, you know, was his second year, his second season, you know, he got hurt pretty bad and he, he never recovered from that. So yeah, you want to get paid, you know. So for anyone to say, you know, how dare they want more money, it's like, look, man. You know, all the billions of dollars that the NFL and, the, and these, you know, teams bring in, it's like you got this player on your team and you see how they function without him. Yeah. You know, when he's there, they're winning. When he's not there, they're not. So, yeah, you might want to pay him. But, you know, as, you know, Steve, you know, pointed out, we still have a lot of people that believe Flacco, you know, was the guy. They should have never let Flacco go. They should have never replaced, you know, Flacco with Lamar. And, and the thing is, it's like, at the end of the day, who cares? You don't own the team. Exactly. Yeah. I did not like Carr. I wish we would have kept Stidham. And I don't want Jimmy G. But two of those guys are gone. I don't even know who our backup's going to be. But we got Jim G right now. <laughs> you know, like, like, so guess what? I will be rooting for Jimmy G next season because I'm a Raiders fan. You know, and, and, and when they move from Oakland to L.A. to Oakland to L.A. to Oakland to L.A. to I'm not sure they, how many times they did that, but they did it a lot of times. And then they went to Las Vegas. When people would talk shit to me, I'd be like, look, you can put your arm on your back and it's still your arm. I don't care where they move the Raiders. If they're still the Raiders, they're my team. They could be the yeah. New York Raiders for all I give a shit. I'm a Raiders fan. I'm not. A Los Angeles fan because then I'd be I'd be into the Rams for a while and I'd be into the Chargers for a while. I'd be into all those other teams that came and went or stayed or who would I don't give a shit. I'm not I'm not a fan of them. I'm a fan of the Raiders. That's who I grew up a fan of. Uh they I mean I was born in 84, so you know it was a big deal as a child child and having gang member parents. It was just installed in me that I was a Raider fan, and guess what? It never left. Oh yeah, that that's well, also coming up in that era, though, too, you know, I mean, shit, for a minute, I was a Raiders fan. I, I was a Raiders it. fan. I was a Kings fan because oh, yeah. Ice Cube told me I had to be. That's right. That's right. <laughs> NWA, um, there's no denying it. <laughs> like, I saw Ice Cube rocking the Raiders jacket. I was like, all right, that's my team. I saw him rocking the Kings jacket. I was like, all right, mm. it looks like that's my team. It's like, because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. He might he might come get me. And then I realized, oh, he's not all that bad. He seems like a nice guy. He has a degree. <laughs> he went to college. He went to college. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, you know, his parents have a real good marriage. Um, <laughs> he has both his parents. <laughs> oh shit. Like, like, well, yeah, I guess he won't hurt me after all. Uh, but, when, but then again, when I grew up. That's your limited edition. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you. Oh, you got dad. You got one of those. So shit. I was in a foster family and still couldn't get two parents. I was like, God damn. <laughs> like, what do I got to do? Kids today like, be spoiled with their polyamorous marriages. You know, like you're a foster yeah. kid now. You got like two dads and four moms. Like, what the hell? Like, how did you win the lottery? What's Christmas like, like for you? It's like that. Well, that's what I told my daughter, not kind of in so like not in a direct way, but you know, I explained to her, it's like, you know, you know, you have mommy and daddy here at home. 
you know, and we both sing songs with you. We, you know, we sing bedtime songs with you, you know, read stories at bedtime, you know, all, all of it. And you are, you are so far on the wrong side of that, dude. Like, like <laughs> you, you're not battling what you battled. She will never understand yeah. you. She is, yeah. you're doing your best to make sure she doesn't grow up privileged. Like, like you don't want her to have that false mentality of everything's easy where nothing at all life was like surviving wasn't easy for foster kids. And I'm a foster kid too. Like that was not an easy life. So what we have are like my children too. My children, like they don't get it. Like I'm just hoping they gain enough. I give them enough. Right. So that they can understand that hard work and ethics matter because the reality is like, I work, mom works, mom stays home, I stay home, we're both here for them. Um, they will have a unique set of problems that I would have never understood in my life. Yeah, that, that's what I always told uh, my wife. The one thing that always stands out to me when, when, you know, when we look at my daughter, you know, just playing with her toys, just being silly around the house, it's like, I can never understand what she sees. And that's fine. That's fine. Um, and on the flip side of that, she'll never understand, you know, what I went through. And I don't want her to ever Good. understand what I went through. Yes, um, exactly. Exactly. It, like, and, you know, she's kind of her, my wife and I talk just about in general, just my childhood not being the best, you know, just conversations. And from time to time, my daughter will come up and hug me and says, Dad, I'm sorry you didn't have a great childhood. I was like, you know, it's cool because I got, you know, you know, I have a great life, you know, Mm -hmm. and my job is to make sure that you have a fun childhood and that you get to do all the things you want to do and and set out to do. And, you know, she was like, okay, yeah, well, I don't give a fuck about that. You want to play Street Fighter? And then I go and fucking destroy her in that real quick. Yeah, exactly. This is your struggle. (laughs) <laughs> like I don't want her to get a false sense of security thinking she can beat me a street fighter. So as yeah, soon as I, she sits down, it's on. You know, my, my kids, it's like funny, like and I remember reading something like uh like I don't know where it was. It had to be internet, maybe it was Instagram, right? But it was like kids today will never know what it was like to grow out and not come home till the lights turned on and this and this and that and that. And I was like, you know what, man, like realistically i remember where i was during that time i remember what i was doing during that time i remember the dangerous shit that happened to me how some of my friends didn't do that well and ended up dying during high school like or the girls i hung around with got pregnant you know like yeah yeah i don't think i don't think i want that for them like sure we grew up a little tougher like sure yes definitely i am 100 percent tougher than all my children combined promise you that but is that good is that is that the goal because i'd rather my kids be a little bit soft and then never have to work like a grunt their entire life and make way more money than me be way better off be more less emotionally damaged than me because just because you have a quote-unquote good job and you don't work hard per se with your back i learned that later in life I was a grunt. I worked, you know, um, I worked a lot of, a lot of jobs, right? I worked, I worked like, um, 
at Target and then bike shop and then skateboard shop and all that kind of stuff. But eventually I ended up in uh, like working with my hands as a, in the power plant. And I was, you know, hard work, you know, like it's it kind of like what you'd imagine construction mechanic style, right? Yeah. That led to me hurting my back <laughs> really bad. And then I had to find a plan B and plan B was using my mind, which luckily wasn't so dusty that I could actually still use it. And now I have a job where basically I work on a computer and like I, I can make a living, you know, it's not as much as the max I made, but it's way more than the last couple of jobs I was making. So it's good. I'm happy, you know, like I'm happy. And I think if my kids can just use their mind and I could still teach them how to work on the car like I do, how to, you know, I'm in my garage, it's half built, but the half that was built, they helped me build it. <laughs> now they helped me with the drywall. They helped me with the digging. They helped me with all that stuff. So th- it's not like they're inept. Like they're not, they're not going to not know how to do an oil change, they'll, they'll learn it. They just won't have to do it. Hopefully they know how to do an oil change, but we'll have so much money. Someone else will do it for them the rest of their life. My daughter constantly talks about when she gets older, she's going to have a big house. Nice. And I always says, so was like, okay, that's, you know, good. You know, mm-hmm. but honey bunny, you see all these toys on the floor. If you're not cleaning mm-hmm. up these toys off this floor, you're going to clean up that big house. And she goes to me, I'm just gonna have a bunch of butlers. Oh, <laughs> and you know, later on, says my wife's like, "Did our daughter just say she's gonna be a, a slave master? Like, <laughs> like what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, my we, mind we do something my mouth can't say. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, oh, oh crap! It's <laughs> like, what, like, doesn't she know half of her? Like, no, okay, it's not my dad, um, <laughs> but." But no, it's it's like no. But when I, you know, when I think about how proud would you be? Come on, if she got some dope ass job and she and then you walk in and she has like four butlers, like I mean, you're like, oh shit, girl, like dude, you you did it, you did it, you did it, honey. And that's the thing. It's like like wanting her to achieve her goals, you know. If you set out to do something, you know, go for it. Yeah. If this is your goal, go for it. You know, and, and the funny thing is, you know, one thing that my wife and I kind of talk about too, like I said, when I was a kid, I was an athlete. I didn't know I was an athlete. And I didn't have people in my life to kind of push me in that direction. I was just a kid. And they're just like, oh, just go out and play. So I right. go out and play. And, you know, you know, amongst your peers, nobody's your coach. We're just all the same age. We're all dummies. Right. Uh, you know, music, you know, I had an ear for music as a kid, you know, things like that. And I says to my wife, I was like, you know, one of the things I want to be sure to do with my, you know, time as a parent is to make sure that if we see something that she's into, encourage it. Cultivate. You know, keep yeah, you know, keep keep Sterner in whatever direction, you know, makes her happy. You know, if it turns out, you know, she's great at dance, then that's what we're building on. All the way. You know, 
in, instead of discouraging because I know at one point my mom was in my life later on and she was very discouraging mm. and that that really messed with my psyche when it came to sports right and it just you know it it made me kind of wonder of course as I got older and talked about it in therapy my therapist brought up an interesting point about it um I don't think that that's even the yeah, she was like, basically, you think it could be that somebody else is raising you and, you know, you're you're thriving and she was just trying to break you down. I was like, no, she's just a horrible human. Like, she, yeah. she was just a bad person, says bad things to people, trying to break people down. It could be what my therapist was saying, maybe. No, but- no, I think I think it is. I think it is. I, I went through a lot of therapy, too. And honestly, I think, like, what they were able to show me is that, like, and I try to impart this to my kids because right now, like, we just moved from a... I mean, I, I guess it, it was a decently bad neighborhood, like, you know, like, like of the bad neighborhoods, kind of not that bad, but not great, you know? Yeah, it it was a- absolute shit when I was there as a kid, but it had been like 20 years, you know? So in those 20 years, it got gentrified a bit. And, you know, so like, it's better now, you know, like the, the homes are worth more. So like, obviously, it, it doesn't allow new bad people to move in there. But the old bad people are still there, shitty as fuck. You know, so it was a mixed bag. They're like cockroaches. Yeah, which is, they're going to stay. As long as you don't sell, you're there, right? I mean, fuck it. You bought the house at $30,000, so, I mean, fuck it, you're there. And at the same time, like, so we were in that neighborhood, and, and they could see some of the bad stuff. They could see the gang violence. They could see stuff like that. But it wasn't as prevalent as it is here. And then, and then the area itself wasn't as bad as it is here. And um, here is San, uh, San Bernardino. Um, and so we're like a couple blocks off a baseline where there's homeless and hookers everywhere, you know? And yeah, they wander past our street sometimes and, uh, you know, shit like that. But at the same time, it's like, what we're dealing with right now is that like, oh, some kids are just terrible at school. There's rampant theft in the school. And then we went and talked to the school, like, Hey, like they stole our kids shit. Like what the fuck, you know, like. Of course, not that language, right? But it's kind of like you know the most professional adult. What the fuck? But what the fuck? Um, and I was like, and they're like, oh yeah, well, you know, we've this happens, this and this. I'm like, well, if it's happening, and you're not telling us, then it's your fault. And they're like, well, you know, we can't control all the kids. And I'm like, no, you're right, you can't. But by telling us, we can address our child and be like, hey, dude, your school sucks. They're gonna steal your shit. Don't put anything in your backpack. Keep it with you. And then now it's not his fault for losing it and not our fault. But, you know, shitty situations occur and you can't help that. But the fact that they weren't being transparent was the issue. So, you know, like there's that. And, there's, and my wife was like, man, should, like, what should we do? Like, it's such a bad thing. It's such a bad school and this and this. And other schools are bad too. And I feel like this is a lot over here. I'm like, babe, honestly, the reality is, Yes, we could move them to some other school, and yes, we could do all this stuff, but unless it's really worth it, it's not worth it to me because these problems don't stop. These problems follow you all, all your life. So by avoiding them right now, because they don't avoid them, we're preventing them from seeing the realities of the world. What are we really doing? What are we really doing? One of the concerns I always have with my daughter, we homeschool right now. Mm-hmm. And well, my wife homeschools. I don't I don't 
I just beat her in video games. Um, that, that's an important lesson too. Um, but one of my concerns with homeschooling is that, and, and there are homeschool groups. She does have a lot of socializ- socialization, um, and you know her home homeschool friends, um, the group of kids that she interacts with. You know, th- you know that's very very enriching and super positive uh, for both her and my wife actually. But, it, you know, there's this thing to the world where it's like, I don't want to expose her to bad things. But at the same time, at some point, she's going to see bad things. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's Why like trying wait? to figure out explaining things. Right. But, you know, then when it's too early, because it's like, you know, I, I have a hard time around cars, um, parking lots and stuff like that. My, I, I didn't experience personally because I, I wasn't born yet, but my grandmother out of what, eight kids? I don't know. She had a lot of fucking kids. Mm-hmm. My grandma was the only child. And my, my wife asked her, was like, why'd you decide to have such a big family? She was like, cause I was the only child. So, um, she had majority boys i want to say six boys and then two girls one of the girls was my mom mm-hmm. and um my mom had a younger sister and she sent that younger sister to the store to get her film for her camera and that younger sister got hit by a drunk driver oh um, and um so i'm always very paranoid around right. parking lots and everything when, when it comes to Sophie. Um, and, and the thing is about it is like, I don't want to like be scary about it. You know, I don't want to, you know, uh, um, traumatize her. Right. You know, you don't want to transfer your anxiety, but you do want to get that message across. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she, she, you know, when I do talk to her about it, because I think what she likes to do now, because she can open the car door by herself now and get in, she can get out of the car now. She goes behind the car to the other side. You know, it's like, so if she gets out on the passenger side, she runs around, you know, the back of the car to the driver's side for whatever reason. And I, I just actually acknowledged this the other day when, she and I went to the comic book store, you know, so I go over to her and I just put it to her side, like, honey, bunny, I need you to do me a favor. When you get out the car, just go straight. Like, you don't need to go behind the car. Just go straight to the sidewalk. Like, you're you're taking a longer path. You know, instead of, like, kind of <laughs> explaining the whole, like, cars and all that and, and you know, those fears. It's like, look, you're making this harder on yourself. Just <laughs> walk straight ahead and, and you're going to be at the door instead of going. Right you know, around, um, you know, so I try to find ways to, to, you know, warn her, but I, I feel like, you know, as a parent, parenting's tough, you know, there's some people that are like, Oh, it's not that yeah, hard. No, you know, I, okay. <laughs> like, you know, it's not that hard. My ass, you know, it, it's tough because, you know, again, you know, see, you know, neighbors, they let their kids just run, run rampant 
uh, because that's what they did as a kid. Right. And I know that's what I did as a kid, but that's part of why I don't just let my kid run rampant because that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm in Flint, Michigan, you know, on Bark Street, you know, as a little kid, somehow, some way ended up on Dort Highway, which is not necessarily close. That's okay. fucking far away. Okay. And, you know, I'm on my bike, you know, on, freedom. on my dirt bike. Yeah, yeah. I got, <laughs> I'm on a bike. I'm riding on Dort Highway. I see my my uh, my brothers, my foster brothers, you know, girlfriend. She saw me. You like I wave like everything's cool. She told Miss Jones. Miss Jones caught me. It was like, hey, you better get home before I get home. And oh, man, damn. <laughs> I booked it. She man, I didn't even know she was going to Kmart. <laughs> I thought she was going back home, so I got I, you know I rushed home and threw myself in the corner. It was like yeah, you had the fear guide in you. Yeah, but but the whole thing is like that was me all the time though as a kid, just roaming free, roaming all over the place. And you know, if I thought about the equivalent of that for my daughter right now, is if she were to go up to Veterans Highway, which is about about a mile away. Um, but it's a different mile because where we that's, live, that, and that's really, the point. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, they're not really like paths and sidewalks that are comfortable. I mean, you know, there are main roads, you know, that she'd have to like walk along and like cross through to get up to that. So it's like, no, I don't want my kid roaming, but I know there are other kids in this neighborhood that there's this one little boy that always knocks on my door. Or he'll ring the like I'll be at work and I'll I'll hear the uh, the ring chime go off on my phone. I'm like, Who the fuck's on my yeah. door? I look at the camera and said, "Little kid, he doesn't know my daughter's name." He says, "Can your daughter come out and play?" He's like, "Or is your daughter home?" He's like, "Little man, do you know do you know my daughter's name?" <laughs> like you just asking to play with kids. You don't even like. Which I mean, that's that's how Steve and I met. Steve just knocked on my door. Was like, "You want to play basketball?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And yeah. here we are, thirty years later. But I mean, I, I guess what I'm getting at was like, I don't know where this kid lives. I don't know what court he comes from. Right. He just shows up knocking on our door. When we first moved here, my wife just reminded me there was a little girl because, you know, we're in the neighborhood. You know, we had like a little storm door and, you know, I had the door unlocked one day. This little girl just walks in our house. Oh, Lord. My, my daughter is an infant at this point. You know, my daughter was born in 2016. We bought the house in 2016. This had to have been probably 2017. So, you know, my uh, daughter's not even one yet. This little girl walks in our house asking to play with our daughter. And see, I'm not even worried about the situation of you have some stranger in your house. I'm worried about the situation. There's a little girl in the wrong house. Yeah. Like, like, come on, yeah. common sense, little girl. Like, like, what did your parents did not teach you something that's you have no idea how lucky you were to go into your house you know, yeah. you know, a father of a daughter, which changes things, not always, but changes things a little bit, at least, at least a little bit for the more yeah. better, for the better. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it could have been such a worse situation. It could have been the wrong house. Like, Oh God, it's just in your, in my head. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's just the thing I look at with like some parents. I was just like, well, you know, I, I did this when I was a kid, you know, we'll have our kids do the same thing. And it's like, it's a different world, man. I mean, it's like, and, and you know what? I'll I'll fight you on that. It's the same world. It's the same world, except hopefully, the people who lived during the world twenty years ago, thirty years ago, 
are not going to do the same dumb mistakes as my parents. Like my, I love my mom. I love all, like I had about three or four foster families. I love them all. They were all great, right? They were, well, for the most part, but still, they, they were good, you know? But all of them were terrible when it comes to the reality of parenting. Like they, it really wasn't good. They were working. And I was out. I was outside the house. Like as soon as I yeah. was five, six and I went to, I, went, I got on the bus to come home and had to walk about half a mile to get to my house. I would just be like, oh, well, let's just go to your pad and go play video games or play toys or whatever. And I would come home way later and no one ever knew the difference because my parents didn't come home till like eight anyways. Oh. And so the rule was, if it was dark, get home. Yep, same, same. That's not um, like that's not good. I'm sorry, it's not good. So, I will say, in in the sense of when I say it's a different world today, especially versus when we're growing up. When we're growing up as kids, kids are, kids have the ability to be really shitty. But in our times when kids were shitty, there was accountability for them being shitty. And even with that, it wasn't always all the time the kids were shitty. Nowadays, kids seem to be shittier because of their access to the internet. Mm. And also just the environment, you know, just, you know, think about one neighbor and their kid. I know, you know, they'll watch like music videos on YouTube and for sure not kid friendly music videos. Right. So. You know, just their access to different things, exposures to different things. Whereas when we were kids, we didn't have those exposures and access. You know, it was like bullying back when we were kids was all in person. Right. You know, bullying now is way, way different when it comes to, you know, destroying someone's character through social media. And granted, you know, my daughter doesn't have to deal with that right now. Right now. But, but, you know, when I say we're in a different world, I mean, you got kids that are like seeing things on the internet and, you know, oh, that seems cool. I'm going to go ahead and try that. Or there was a report recently, like very recently, I want to say this week, a 12 year old and a 14 year old kid in a, in a gunfight (laughs) with, with police. What? Yeah. Like, you know, like they broke into a house. Again, I, I blame the parents, <laughs> or I, oh, yeah. I blame I blame whoever is dumb enough to have a gun in a situation where they can get it. So the kids were they? I don't think they're called orphanages anymore. I can't. I don't know what they're called, but they. Oh, group they homes. That's yeah, they, they were called they, for me. I'm pretty sure they're called a group home when I was there too. But in my mind, it's always been an orphanage because Oliver Twist. Um. <laughs> you know, yeah. Real quick, sidebar. So you know what the you know, a real fucking punch in the gut was mm. when 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 I worked for uh, LA County, uh, Los Angeles County, right? There was this fucking box you had. To, I had to check. It's all. Are you a ward of the court slash mm. orphan? And I was like, oh motherfucker, you're gonna make me say that. <laughs> I was like, you're gonna make me say, okay, yes, yes, motherfucker, I was an orphan. You're know, like check. You know, like, like, goddamn, put me on blast! But I thought I was getting away from that. Right, I'm an adult. I'm an adult. You're gonna ask me that? Like, like, like is, is there like an option of like I'd rather not say? 
No, it was back before the genders and the and the identities and all that. They were just like, "Fuck you! You're an orphan, aren't you?" And you're like, "Yeah." Like, Don't like, lie to me. Like, like you only had male and female back then. So, like, the reality was, if they asked you if you're an orphan, you better answer that shit too, because it was back. That was a different time. Like, you didn't get all these choices yeah. to be an individual the way you are now like now now you can be however you feel you are now back then you're like nah fuck you here's our box where do you fit i mean there's still cats these days that are like that that will still tell you no you're not allowed like you have to be this way i don't care how you feel and it's like dude relax why do you care let people look as long as you're not hurting nobody let people be happy if you're look if i'm happy putting peanut butter all over my face and then walking out you know up to the gas station i'm not hurting nobody it's weird as fuck but i'm not hurting nobody let me let me be me dude i mean and you know what I, peter better dude do, do you yeah i, I mean yeah. Yeah, my wife and i were just talking about like that we're like because i didn't fully understand what woke meant you know like the woke culture the woke all that jazz. Oh, like, do i have a video for you <laughs> I'm, I'm sending that shit right now send it um but like i didn't fully understand it but i heard some a co-worker tell me that about another co-worker is like oh, oh be careful what you say he's uh he's woke and i was like cool like i'm not sure how i i how do i take this because i i had heard woke and i mind you i'm 40 you know like so like i don't i'm not yes hit, you know um so like oh so he's like Maybe he believes in a couple conspiracy theories, you know, like, like he doesn't, he thinks the government is inherently hurting us or something. Like, I don't know what woke meant. Like, that's how I identified it, you know, like, I identified it like that. But later on, I thought, no, 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 he's very aware of other people's feelings and beliefs and the, um, I guess the other word for woke is like snowflake. It's like they're both kind of derogatory. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, you were actually talking shit about that guy. I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that you were calling him something negative, in your opinion, at least, right? He would say, I'm woke because I'm I'm aware of people and their choices and what's offensive, and I choose not to talk about it. The other guy was like, oh, careful. He's woke. He's a snowflake. He's all, you know, he. He, he, he walks on eggshells on everyone's feelings. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, I, I see what's going on here. And I, I was, wasn't hip, you know? Like, I told my wife, like, is it possible to be, like, not, like, asleep but not woke? Like, maybe daydreamer? Or maybe I'm a daydreamer. Like, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm definitely aware of it, and I don't want to offend you. But I do feel that there's some situations where, like, I I just feel like it's it's overdoing it. There's a line. Like my whole thing is with with the term woke, because you know we've always used the term, and you know it's like you know stay woke, you know stay aware. Right. That's how I knew it. That's how I knew it. (laughs) And I I hate hearing it now because people are using it as this derogatory term, like you said, calling somebody a snowflake or calling you know, calling someone this or that, you know, trying to vilify the word. And it, it actually hurts my feelings when I hear friends say the word and they don't even know what it means, what, okay. what, what it was originally meant to mean or what it's meant. So there's a video and it's it's probably making the rounds right now. 
I was trying to find it to send it to you, but I got to dig because I sent it to my wife yesterday. It's this lady. She's talking to a reporter and she brings up, you know, the term woke and the reporter goes, okay, so can you define that for me? Just, just so I know that we're all on the same page here. Right. And this woman had no clue. She was like, um, well, it's well, um, um, well, it's like, um, in, in that's the conversation again, that Steve and I had, uh, where I was like, we, I think his brother's on the episode and we're all sitting there and I asked him both, you know, what does woke mean to you? And Steve knew exactly, you know, he said, surprisingly, his brother didn't though. And I was really shocked by that. I've only I heard was, him in one episode, so I don't really know him that well. Um, I was extremely shocked because his brother, but I think his brother's also kind of in that pocket of, I'm going to, I don't know how to describe it. It's not a bad thing, but it's like, you know, this is the buzzword of the moment, or this is the, the buzz group of the moment, you know, so I want to be on the right side of history. So we're going to, you know, champion behind this. So I figured Brett would have known what woke was a long time ago. Mm. So Brett being Steve's so, younger brother. So, so, so Brett's on the up and up, and he's, he he didn't know. Correct. Okay, I got you. And, and, and that that baffled me. Now, Steve, I I figured Steve would know. I mean, you know, Steve and I we go back like car seats. You know, you know he he he's aware. So right. When I brought it up, he he jumped right to it. Gave gave me an answer. I was like exactly. Um, but. My wife and I, when we were talking, I was like, look, the thing is, whenever on both sides of the political spectrum, there are always these arguments and someone uses a buzzword, mm -hmm. the, the real defense to that, but, you know, to the buzzword is ask that person if they know what that means. Right. You know, okay. So from the beginning of it, okay. I cuss like a sailor. Mm -hmm. My wife is. Well, I think she's better now than I am, but was worse earlier on. So she actually cussed more than I did when we got married. And then over the last decade, almost like she's gotten better and I've gotten, I've, I'm, I've stayed consistent. And my big thing was I would always tell all my kids, even my from, and, and this is when they were young. This is when they were like six years old, five years old. I was like, look, if you're going to use a cuss word, I honestly do not care. I don't care because fuck. Say it. Ooh, oh, I can't. Just okay, the then don't. Then don't. But say it if you want. I don't care. Here's what I care about. I care about you being smart. And if you say it in front of your teacher, you're not being smart. If you say it to be cool, you're not being smart. If you say it in front of me, you're not being smart. So say it when it's appropriate and you understand what you're saying. But if I hear you say a word, I'm going to ask you, what does that mean? And if you can't tell me what it means, then you're saying it to be cool. And if you're saying something just to be cool, you're not. That's not good. That's not what we do. That's not what we do as a family. And he, and, and I've told them all the same thing. And, and it's, it's work because... None of my kids cuss around us, 
but I've heard them cuss. Like, if I hear them, like, on a video game, and they're like, oh, fuck, you know, like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to ignore that. Like, I don't got to hear that. That's none of my business. He's having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with his friends, playing a video game. It's not my business. I shouldn't even be listening in a way, you know? I'll still yeah. listen because I'm their dad. But, you know, it's, like, it's fair. Like, there, none of my kids have gotten in trouble about cussing in school. And they, I know they cuss, but they grew up smart enough not to get in caught with it. Like, like yeah, like if you're around your friends and you want to say, oh, fuck that. Like, who cares? I don't give a shit. You know, like they say, I don't care. Like, it's, it's okay. It's okay. And 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 one of them actually said shit when they got hurt in front of me. He said, ah, shit. <laughs> Didn't question it. I was like, eh. he smashed his thumb with a hammer. It's It's appropriate. Oh. It's appropriate. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit what age you are. He could have been three and said it. I wouldn't care. You know, it wouldn't matter to me. My um goddaughter many years ago got in trouble in school for cussing. And her mom told because at this point, my goddaughter's staying with me on the weekends, every other weekend mm -hmm. visiting. So she tells me. You know, my goddaughter got in trouble for cussing at school. She didn't tell me what. Oh, she got in trouble for cussing and also roughhousing. Mm. So she wanted me to talk to her. Well, I'm the wrong person for that mm. job because I don't care. So at the time, I was teaching my goddaughter how to drive too. A little early, but still, she was learning. How old? Uh, what was she? She might have been 13. She she might have been approaching 14, probably. That's good. So, That's good. That's good. I don't think it was too, too early, but it was, you know, I have a history of teaching them all how to drive. I taught her mom how to drive. I taught her how to drive. She's she's pregnant, so I'll teach her kid how to drive, too. That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. That's what I do. But, um, you know, so we hop in the car that uh, Saturday morning. We go up to, there's like a, a little off hospital medical park center. I don't know what the fuck it is. So we always go there because there are no cars. So we get in the car. And I said, so I was like, so I, your mom said you got in trouble for uh, cussing? Like, what's that about? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I was like, what'd you say? She, she goes, I said shit. I was like, huh, okay. You, you got in trouble for roughhousing? She was like, yeah. I was like, were you like fighting or playing? She was like, we were playing. I was like, oh, who gives a fuck? And I was like, all right, so this <laughs> I was like, here are the rules. They like, rule number one, you're not in trouble with me, so I don't care. Rule number two, and this is very important to understand. They're just words. But you do have to be aware of your surroundings when you say these words. Exactly. So my and my rule is I don't cuss around people or when I was younger. I don't cuss around people that are old enough to be my parents. I don't cuss around children that are young enough to be my children. Okay. You know. And that was, you know, the old rules then. Um, the rules, you know, been here and there. I don't typically cuss around kids anyway. Um, I cuss around my kid all the time. Yeah, like other my, kids. I, I get you. Yeah. Other kids, like no, my kids yeah. are different. I'm, I'm their parent. Like yeah. fuck them. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be responsible for turning someone else into a delinquent. But mine, right. uh, mine that's my delinquent. I'm. Um, I'm doing everything else. If I cuss, you better understand that my kid understands that that's me, and I'm cussing, yeah. and they cannot. And that's it. And like they can't in front of me if they want to cuss on their own. I'm not gonna get pissed off. Welcome. Like my daughter, um, 
we're watching Moon Knight. Okay. First episode of Moon Knight. And there was a scene where the truck is driving uh, Oscar Isaac. He's 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 zapped back to his mind and he's driving a truck and it's going backwards. And we're all laughing. My wife and I was like, oh, whoa, what is going on? And my daughter, she's like, she's like oh, shit. And <laughs> I didn't catch it. My wife caught it. And, you know, we just sort of like, look, those are grown up words, da da da, blah, 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 the whole bullshit you say to, you know, a five year old at the time. Right. Um, you know, in, in, I think last spring she was outside and a bee flew by. She was, is that a fucking bee? Um, <laughs> you know, so the thing is when it, when it comes to our daughter with bad words, it's like, look, she knows they exist. I, I think like my joke about it has always been this. She's probably, she, she's probably known curse words for the longest time. She just didn't know the context. So in her head, she's probably hearing us say all these wild ass words. She's saying like thinking of her. So what the fuck does that mean? And I'm not going to say it until I fucking know, you know, but the thing is, it's like context is, 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 is the key in, you yeah. know, that's all I matter or care about. And, and, and it sounds bad, but if your kid's intelligent enough to understand how to use a bad word, is it really that bad? Because I hear some kids who are like literally 11, 12 years old, they're, they're old enough to know. And they're like, he fuck fucking fuck fuck. And it's like, what? What did you just say, you dumb little shit? Yeah. You're being a fuck. What? Like, read a fucking book. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, you know, I remember being uh, in the car with my foster mom. It was me, my mom, my, my and my two brothers. And I was right in the front seat. This was, you know, an age where we didn't have car seats and we barely wore seat belts. <laughs> I was sitting in the front seat. I was eight. I might have been nine, but I was I was still under 10. I remember my brother said something. And I turned around to him. And I what I was meaning to say was, Corey, shut the fuck up. Right. I turn and I go, Corey, shut the heck up. Uh, Miss Jones knew what I was going to say, but I didn't get in trouble for it. No. Yeah. And I think that was, you know, why I didn't get in trouble. I caught myself. She knew. We all knew. You know, at the end of the day, they're just fucking words. Um, my my friend, Bobby, who is the host of Nerd Rage Radio, his daughter, I think she was six or seven. They're playing Sorry. And he bumped her back to home. And she goes, oh, shit. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's yeah. fair. I mean, that's fair. It sucks. Yeah. And then, you know, the parents are like, oh, well, whoa, whoa. So they said, don't say that. You know, don't say those yeah. So then we're sitting or not where. Um, so she goes, um, she raised her hand and says, hey, can I ask a question without getting in trouble? You go, yeah, go ahead real oh. quick. So she goes, why can't I say it? I don't see what's the big deal. It's just a word. And Ooh. then Bobby explains like look you are absolutely right it is just a word but the thing is that word has a certain you know or these words have a certain carry to them so if you get too comfortable saying these words and let's say you're at school and now you say one of these words and then your teacher hears you and then they call me now I got to come down to your school. So that's going to fuck up my day. <laughs> so 
Don't say the words because if you fuck up my day, I'm going to fuck up your day. End of story. Now, fast forward to like many years later. I think she's going to be 16 this year, like something like that. And we recorded. Uh, no, she's going to be 15 because she I think uh, when we recorded the Exorcist episode, that's what that was her birthday. Like, you know what she wanted for her birthday? She wanted to watch the Exorcist. So she oh, got nice. to be a part of that episode with us as well. Um, and while we're recording the Exorcist episode, you know, she wasn't like recklessly cursing, but you know, she, you know, say things like, you know, what the fuck is this? And da, 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 you know, shit like that. Yeah. And it, there was this refreshing like feel to it. Cause it's like, you know, there was nothing weird hearing her say those words, you know? And, like, and that's huh. the thing, like my 16 year old, if he cusses in front of me in context, when, you know, I wouldn't care. Like, I, he's old enough. Like he already proved himself. He proved that he didn't do it around school. He's old enough to know better, and and he's old enough to know that I don't give a shit. You know, like so that's that's good. Like like I don't care if my sixteen year old says shit because he also has like A's and B's. You know, like yeah. I don't, like it's like like the intelligence there, the understanding is there. You just don't want. A child to say the words without knowing what it, what it means or without really having a grasp of the consequence of saying these words inappropriately. That's what it comes down to. And if they can learn that after, doesn't really matter. Like, I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm not the brightest, you know, cookie out there. Like, I, I'm not, I, I, I just proved it right there. I'm not the brightest crayon. I'm not the sharpest tool. I right? wasn't going to say it. Yeah, you, but you'd have to edit it out, but it's okay. Don't, don't edit it. Don't edit it, right? Let it go. Let it go. In, in, in any case, like, I know some of the people who I've met who are ridiculously intelligent, and they cuss too. So obviously cussing doesn't make you like a second-class citizen. Obviously, cussing doesn't make you a delinquent or doesn't make you somehow ignorant or unintelligent. So so there really is no reason for society in general to be against cussing. If anything, I read a study, which I want to believe it's right because I want it to be. But they said people who cuss, <laughs> people who cuss are normally more honest than people who don't. And I'm like, you know what? That's fucking right. I don't care. Like, I don't. Maybe it's a lie. Maybe not. How the fuck would I know? I don't know. I also maybe heard some liar. One. Some liar had access to the internet and wrote that and said, "I got them all." Well, I heard one that said, "Statistically, you can prove anything statistically." <laughs> one of my favorite uh, sayings is, "70 um, percent of stats are made up on the fly." <laughs> I was like, huh, okay, I'm gonna run with that. Like, you're absolutely right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to like, you know, words and what we use and what we say, it's like, you know, like what, what's the one like, you know, I, I, I look at a lot of TikTok videos for the twerking. Um, yes, I've been I've been seeing less twerking lately, and it's fucking disheartening. Actually, I mean, get a lot, you know, because they go off your, you know, what you've been viewing the most. So I get a lot of fucking uh, political stuff. And it's oh like, damn! Fuck. Like, where's why? The I, I don't know. I think I liked the political post once, and then all of a sudden they're like, he likes politics. I'm like, I don't. I like twerking. Oh, I man. like movie. I would so, love for TikTok to be like, 
wait, we have to find political people twerking. That's what oh. he really wants. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> like it's it like alternates sometimes. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, I'm so confused. How but, awesome um, would that be? <laughs> it depends on who's doing the twerking. I don't think um, it does. I don't think it does. I think you would be very excited to see Biden twerking. If it was a real video, you'd be like, I holy shit, actually. I gotta watch this shit. Like, I would. Like, I, again, I hey, not my have choice, you seen, but have my you president. Seen dumb Trump? Have you seen the dump truck on Trump? Like, dump truck on Trump? No, I haven't. Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> Dude. Um, but no, it's like, what, what I heard, uh, you know, I keep hearing like, you know, that's cap. Uh, I was watching the new house part, oh, yeah, there yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know what that I, I know this one, I know this one. Like, like, please enlighten me because I'm I'm not understanding. Okay, okay, <clears throat> and 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 the fact that I know it as a okay, I'm gonna say white, but I'm not white, I'm actually Mexican, but. I mean, you've seen what I look like in photos. So for all intents and purposes, I'm, I'm pretty white. And I had this, this conversation. It's beautiful. I, we're, we're at a sidebar real quick. Uh, I had this conversation with my friend Cuba, who's back, who's black. Obviously, you can tell me where he's from based on his nickname. Right? San Francisco? Ah, Cuba. <laughs> but... He, he was part of my uh, crew, which was like the homeless foster kids. Um, and we were all emancipated and we still had to check in. And we kept checking in because we found out there were perks to checking in. And you actually make money this way. Uh, emancipated foster youth make a lot of money if they continue to do outreach programs. And we're like, well, that's a fucking easy way to make money. So we're all down. So we became kind of a clique. Um that was a long time ago. Wow. That's a flashback. Anyways, um, he's black and he was Cuban. And I called him Cuba because the, the nickname came in because the minute I met him, I knew he was Cuban because of the accent. And I had a Cuban family member growing up in foster care. I'm like, hey, you're Cuban, aren't you? He's like, how the fuck do you know that? I was like, dude, I know the accent. He's like, what? I don't have an accent. about the fuck you don't, dude? <laughs> like, you do. <laughs> like, for me, it's obvious. He's like, oh, shit. And we just started talking, and we got along well. And that was the end of it. And, like, it was always a joke. And then one day we started talking about how I was white, and he was black, and it didn't matter what we really were because you basically get treated how society sees you, and you have very little choice in the matter. You're just born and you live. But society paints this picture of who you are, and they don't give a shit about your culture and all the beauty behind it. Like, it don't matter. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, oh, they look at me, and at that time, I was white. They look at Cuba, and at that time, he was black. And sure, he was dark-skinned, and sure, I was light-skinned, but it didn't really matter what our real backgrounds were it, it, society paints a picture and that's what you, you you get what you get and you and you yeah. get treated with that and and at the end of the day you kind of have a different view of the world based on how you're treated so with that said with that said um the whole cap non-cap thing was interesting and i think it's funny that at the point that i can tell you what it is means it should die <laughs> that's where I was going with that. So, yeah, cap and no cap. 
has a lot to do with rappers and and their grills. And if you're really down for your shit, you're gonna be no cap, which means it doesn't come off. Either your your fake grill is permanent, and this is the lifestyle you chose. So there is no disingenuine uh aspect to who you are and how you are saying things. So if I say no, totally, I love basketball, they'd be like, cap, you play basketball, you're not about that life. So no cap would be like bullshit. I'm on a league. It's the lowest of lows, but I dedicate my life to this shit. So that's basically what it means. Like no cap means like you are completely about something. It's genuine. You're not faking anything. And cap means like it's pretty casual. You you choose to do it or don't do it. You're kind of, it's kind of like you're lying in a way at an extreme. If someone's like, no, I'm serious. Like I have a million bucks. Like cap, dude, you don't got a million bucks. So it's like, you're lying to me. You're not being honest. This is something you're faking. Okay. So, um, yeah, that that's, um, all right. So, you know, this is episode 150 and, um, I'm officially old as fuck. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's cap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but that you know that's kind of the whole whole point that I'm making though with all of it is like look, you know, there's a buzzword and everybody wants to flock to it now, and nobody knows what that fucking buzzword means, right? And 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 just even now with cap and no cap, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck it means. And guess what? I'm not gonna say either of those words. You know why? Because they don't mean anything to me right now. Now. Hey, maybe I'm, you know, at a new job, and then you maybe. know that's that's the lingo, and we're I, talking. I, I doubt it. <laughs> I, yeah, I doubt it. But you know that that becomes the thing, and then all of a sudden I come home, and now my wife and I are talking. It's like, hey man, you know, fucking that new X Men wave, man. I fucking love that shit. Yo. No cap, yo. Like then Sarah's like, what the <laughs> fuck did you just say? It's like, you know. And then I'm like, oh, baby, stop being so fucking woke. Like, oh, just get oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I honestly, I think slang is, um, it's, it's funny how much more direct your language gets the older you get. I think, like, even amongst, like, don't get me wrong, I grew up with dope and, and like, oh, that's just a bomb. And, like, those are, like, the words I grew up with, you know? Yeah. But, like, even the older I get, the less I use those words. Like the more, the more I use other words that are more like I what a rudimentary to the English language. I don't know what it, what it would call it, right? But like it's basically like I think I I choose a more direct style of English the older I get because I just I I can't keep up personally. And I don't really yeah. feel like it's necessary for me to get my point across. So ultimately, my goal, the older I get, is to not be misunderstood and to be direct about what I'm talking about. And so I think slang does interfere with that. I really do think that. And I think I think like the more slang you use, the more you interfere with another person's understanding of what you are trying to say. And I think my goal, my yeah, my goal is like. I want to be understood for what I am and what I'm not. So I may not ever be able to shake dude or brother, but those are just inherent words to me. Brother came from Christianity, which 
I'm not even religious, but that was the word. Everything was like you had you came in and everyone was brother or brother or whatever. They didn't really care. As long as it was like that, that was your fellowship, right? Yeah. So that's what I grew up with. And that's where that word comes from. And a lot of people I have actually I've had people ask me, like, hey, where'd you grow up that you use brother? I'm like, East LA? Like, I don't know. Like, what do you want? <laughs> like, I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> like, he's like, like, he's like, oh, well, you know, that's you know, traditionally, like a lot of black guys say that. And I'm like, well, I got it from church. <laughs> I don't know where you got it from, but I got it from church. <laughs> like, and dude came from where, how I was a skater, a dude, you know, like it was yeah. casual, you know, like, but that, those are my go to words, I think. Yeah, I think I picked up dude from Ninja Turtles as a oh, kid. I was a big fan. So, I mean, that, that was the big one that I, I, I held on to. And then, um, I always say, you know, like when I'm talking as well, like, you know, I always say son a lot. You do say son a lot. Like, like it, it, it's, it's so bad that sometimes I don't even know that I'm saying it. And it's like my no wife caps, is like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, <laughs> no, nah, sorry. No, like, like for real though, like, or like, you know, I'll see like, and it's funny because I, I caught myself a few weeks back um, at jujitsu. You know, I greet everybody's like, hey, how's it going? What's up? What's up? What's up? And then uh, my one teammate uh, who's from Chicago, you know, he comes up. He's like, what's up? And I was like, oh, what's up, son? <laughs> and I was like, it was like, it's weird that I said that to him. But no one else. Um, but, you know, those are the main ones. I mean, I still kind of say, you know, cats, you know, these cats over here, you know, you know, talking about all this shit, but blah, blah, blah. You know, like things like that, but for the most part, like I think the sling that I still say is shit that people still somewhat hear and recognize, like whether it be sun, you know, mugs. I don't do mugs too much, but I'm like yo, mugs over there don't don't even know what they missing out on. You right. know. But but even still, it's like it, it also depends on you know the environment. Like oh yeah, totally. I, I hear you. I hear you. So, like, like if I'm like, you know, like for the Super Bowl, you know, I'm over at Steve's, you know, we're watching. It's just, I don't think his brother was there. I think it was Steve, uh, his girlfriend, then um, one of our friends and his wife. And, you know, as we're all talking, just conversation and lingo, there's a lot of sons and cats and mugs just flying around in the conversation, you know, but that's, that's that comfort. I mean, my right. wife also said to me, too. You know, she points it out. I, I I know it. I catch it. And she was like, "Oh, I hear your accent coming out." And it's like, "Yeah, whatever." Mm-hmm. But she's like, "That's only like when I'm mad, or if like, or if I'm like super passionate about something." Dante, uh, do I have an accent? <laughs> you know what's funny? Do I sound like a Californian? The, uh, to, to be honest, no. Okay, no, you, you you sound like, but that's the thing. It's like when I'm talking. Like to anyone, like so, my friend, um, and she's British, but she lives in Madrid. When she okay. and I talk, she'll say, "You know, I love your American accents." Right. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." And I'm aware that yes, to them, we yes. have accents. To but, us, we don't. But you don't hear your accent. You don't know what you know. Not at all. Um, and and the thing is, is like when I'm talking, like as I'm talking now. You know, for the most part, it's my customer service voice. You know, 
you know, the voice I use. You know what I call that? I call that server voice because mm. I was a bartender and a server. So we call okay. it server voice. And, and like you'll 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 hear me like now and then I'll be like, hold on, let me take your order. And I'll be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> it's like yep. higher pitched. It's like way yep. more poppy. It's like it's like oh. please pay me a tip. No, there's sometimes when I gotta like make collection calls. Oh, and I I'll look at certain names. Good, good you know, I'm, I'm pro I'm profiling. Oh yeah, and you it's are. like it's like. Hey, yo, can I speak to Daquan? <laughs> <laughs> He's all, hello, nice to meet you. <laughs> You're all fucked. Then, I, fu I fucked up. <laughs> like, I was but then, on the flip side, it's like, hi, may I speak to Bethany, please? Hey, Bethany, this is Dante with blah, 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 blah. Just reaching out to you. Just... <laughs> but, um, but no, oh, but even worse is when somebody, if I call somebody, and they answer the phone with an attitude. Oh, because this this happened on Tuesday. I called somebody. Oh no, not Monday. Monday. I called somebody on Monday, and I asked to speak to so and so. And they go, and who are you? So mind you, now when I when I, you know, I was like, hi, may I speak to Robert, please? Oh, it was who are you? I was like, perfect server voice. <laughs> as soon as he goes, who are you? I go, oh no, this is Dante. You fucked up, you know, bro. You, you lost then, you know, character. It, you know, and then I, you know, I'd say where I'm calling from. He goes, "Yeah." I was like, "So I'm just calling you to let you know that you laid on your bill right now. I'm trying to help you not get a late fee. So that's all this call is about." One okay? eighty. Now I'm not helping you. Now I'm telling you. Yeah, like when when people, I mean, because the whole thing is like when I answer the phone, like I had someone call me this morning. I answered the phone like, hello? Yeah. I was like, you know, they asked, can we speak to Dante, please? Now, there's some kind of disconnect, you know, because I just said, yeah, this is he. Yeah, how can I help you? That's me answering my phone. That's my personal phone. Mm -hmm. You know, you call me. So I'm going to be cool to you. But, you know, you answer your phone with an attitude like, hello? Yeah. Who are you? I'm sorry. But I'm, I'm the motherfucker trying to save you some money. But Well, exactly, yeah. Since you want to be that way, you know, all right. And you know, and I've had people, you know, answer the phone. And it was like, hey, man, speak to Bethany, please. Yeah, this is she. Hey, Bethany, this is Dante. I'm just reaching out to you. Just give me a payment reminder. I just want to help you avoid any late fees. I, I am just you laughing. <laughs> You're doing it. You're doing it right now. This is such a server voice or phone voice Sorry. or whatever it is. Like, it's so good. Yeah. It's like not you, but it's you, but it's not you. You're exactly. Like, it's like you know, there's that switch. You turn that switch on, yeah, and switch off. I love it. Um, but then even like you know, we have some tenants that they just know us on the phone, so they'll call. And I got this one lady. She'll call. I was like, "Hey, Dante, what's going on?" I was like, "Oh, girls, how you doing?" Oh, yeah, feeling, you all right, cool. You feeling all right? All right, okay. Oh, where are you gonna be late? All right, well, no big deal. All right, you know, just give us a call. Let us know what you need and when you need it. Um, you know, I'm here. I'll be here on Thursday. Just go ahead and reach out. I'll get you taken care of. But otherwise, you know. You know, just just be cool. Take care of yourself. All right. All right. Cool. All right. I'll be I'll, I'll be here. We'll, we'll talk. All right. See you. You know. So, you know, there's there's you know as as you know, you know who you talk to. You know that that you know voice will change from person to person. And they're just straight up people I don't like. 
and I don't even give them the customer service voice. I don't give them the, the dickhead voice. I'm just like, hey, this is Dante. Um, just reaching out, making you aware that you're late right now, trying to help you avoid any fees. Uh, this is our telephone number. We'll be hey, here until this time. This is you like know. three octaves lower than, than, than phone voice. Or server nah, voice. Fuck that dude. <laughs> that's that's for one specific person. And fuck that dude. Fuck you, Billy. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even into the like trying Whatever, to Billy. That fuck dude. you, Billy. You know what? I, I don't even like you. I don't even know you, Billy. No, but call him Billy. Yeah, Billy's a sure. dick. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course I, I got I got a couple female tenants that I used to have to handle that way too. It's like you don't like well, because they didn't like my manager who was a female so they'd always give them static so i'd have to call and it's like you know my manager like can you call so-and-so because last time i talked to them you know they're static i was like all right i got this i was like hey must speak to Catherine, please hey Catherine, what's going on man this is dante i'm over at blah 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 um just reaching out just make you aware of things just trying to help you avoid any fees and then all of a sudden Catherine's cool Catherine's yeah. super nice and then Catherine doesn't have a problem with my manager anymore. And it's like, oh, okay, that's weird. But uh, you my, know, my voice does this really weird thing where it drops hard, like really hard. Like I, I want to record it one day because I'm not sure if what I hear in my head or from my own ears to me, you know, like I'm not sure if that's accurate. But once in a while, my voice will drop like. I don't know, 12 octaves. And it just sounds like Johnny Cash talking. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, like, is my voice really this deep or what's going on? Like, it's just even deeper than this. And it's like, what the fuck? And I'm not trying. And I can't undo it. I'm just stuck in this weird voice. Has that ever happened to you? Like, I don't think it has. I get stuck, dude. I get in weird stuck situations where my voices get deeper and deeper. And like now I'm, I, I tell my wife, I'm like, now I'm stuck like this for a day. <laughs> it's like, it's like, fuck. You know, like, cause I don't have a deep voice, a real deep voice. I don't have a real deep voice, but sometimes it's like ridiculous. It's like, it's like I should be in some kind of Western or something. Like what the hell has this happened? Like, why is my voice acting stupid right now? Hey, hey the, the, you know, it's the multiverse, son. When your variants trying to get through. Oh, my God. So I always had this weird theory. Have you ever had random chills? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have this theory that says, like, it, and I, I, I had to have heard this somewhere. I don't want to take full credit because it's not mine. I know I'm a product of everything I've seen and heard in my life. So don't quote me that it's mine, but it's still really good. Okay. So like, let's say you're like about to cross the street and you get these random chills. Okay. The reason that happened is because in some other alternate universe, this is where you die. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I don't know if I've heard that or if I, I, I but that has been like a, uh, that and then like deja vu is like, that's like a respawn. Like this is where you. Respawn. Oh, I never knew that one. I like that. 
it, it gets weird because it's like I don't have deja vu too too often, but when I do, it 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 stresses me. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? And I'm Shit. like, oh man, I I fucking died somewhere. Forty of forty of you died when you have the chills and then you deja vu. If it ever happens to me where I have the chills and then I deja vu, I know that I just lost like forty Manuels. Dude, like, see, I, all right. We, we, we might have to steer off the creepy talk because now, like, I got the TV off. I'm hearing shit in the hallway. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. All like, right. right. And, 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 and my daughter's door isn't locked. <laughs> Mine is. <laughs> so, like, if some shit goes down in the hallway, I just watched Scream 6 today, so I'm all fucking oh. shook up. Um, which, you know, I, I don't think I said it here on air, and I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone that's listening that, uh, you know, may want to see the movie. Um, I highly recommend it. It was good. It was a, it was a, when, when they announced that they were doing another one, I was like, Oh God. Like, and I did enjoy the last one for sure. I liked it. So, so scream is a lot like fast and furious where it's not good, good, but it still stays good. Like if you can, if, yeah. if you can be okay with the bullshit of it all, like, cause there, there's a level of bullshitness to it, you know, like, cause I've seen like five of them. Of the screams, and I've seen nope. like I want to say five or six of the five or seven. I don't even know how many fucking Fast and Furious I've seen, but they're all ridiculous. But it's like yeah. it's still an enjoyable movie, and I think at the end of the day, I'm looking for an enjoyable movie, and yes. and they are, and they are, they're very enjoyable. Well, I'll say this. For the Scream franchise, now, I can't say that I've seen all of the Fast and the Furious films. I know I love the first two for sure. Mm. Um, different, different, very different. Yeah, yeah. Now, when it comes to Scream, and I was saying this to my wife today, I love horror movies and all the franchises and all the sequels that come with them. Okay. The thing that sets Scream apart from a lot of the others is as you continue on with the films and make more and more sequels. Let's go Friday the 13th as our first example. Okay. That first Friday the 13th, very serious, very, very legit horror film, yeah. very scary. The second one, still barking up the same tree. Mm-hmm. The third one, we're still in the same realm. It's not too far off. The fourth one, we're starting to get a little goofy. Weird. Let's, let's slow down, but it's still not hateful. Now, once you get to number five, it's a copycat killer. Okay. Give you some leeway, but it's still bogus. Now we get to number six. Jason is reanimated. Okay. Now I'm saying cut the shit. Now we get to number seven. He's fighting a psychic. What the fuck? Mm, number eight, yeah. he goes to fucking Manhattan. Jesus Christ. Let's number keep going. nine, Jason goes to hell. Number no, 10, no, no. Jason goes to space. Further. There you go. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, <laughs> you know. Number 11, he fights Freddy. Number 12, it's a reboot. Um, you know, so it, it, it gets yeah, don't know. ridiculous. Now, with Scream, the thing that they were able to do up to six, and number seven has been approved already, is that all of the movies are still taking themselves serious enough, and it's not becoming a, a joke. Number three gets very close to it. But then you come back to number four, you come back to number five, and then the most recent was number six. And the thing is, to each screen movie, it plays with the times. So 
the first screen, it it uh, gave us meta horror. And now that's not the first time you get meta horror. Um, for Wes Craven, he did it in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where they were making a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and basically everyone was playing themselves. But in the film, Freddy comes to reality, and you know they are all aware that they're in a horror movie. Right. So now you fast forward two years later, you get Scream, where everyone's aware of all the rules of a horror movie. Well, not everyone, but you know they they yeah, get the they idea. Talk about it. There's a killer on the loose. They are now convinced. They're like, look, we're in a horror movie. So you get to your second one. That's a sequel. And what do they talk about as the main theme of the sequel? Sequels and horror. Okay. It, it still makes sense. It still plays to the rules. Now we get to the third one. They start talking about trilogies in a series of movies. And this is the third one. They talk about how trilogies, the third one always sucks. And the third screen did fucking suck. No so way. they're even okay. true to that character in that role. Now you get to your fourth one. Now, Scream 4, I think, was three years ahead of its time. It came out in 2011. And what they're trying to play with was was with uh, social media clout. You know, the killers were basically doing it for clout. They wanted to, you know, get more followers. I think they were a few years too early for that. People still love the movie. I did not. But now I have a better appreciation for it. But still, they're playing with the times. I, now I mean, get to, maybe they were just really hip, and you were just too old. You know, like like maybe the young, so, the younger generation dug it. So, and I thought that at first until I saw Scream last year, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I think what it was so with last year's Scream, they were talking about reboots or as they like to call it a recall which i hate when my friend teresa she keeps oh it's a recall shut up a recall is just a fucking reboot and the difference between a reboot and a remake is that a reboot is where you take a franchise and everything that's come before it still exists but now you're just giving it a new spark but you're keeping all the stuff that was there before and you're just giving it to a new generation now Whereas a remake is you burn the forest down and you build up a new cabin, like so, Rob Zombie's so, Halloween. So a requel? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm about to throw this computer out the window. Like, joke's on you. You ruined your show. Um, it's but over. basically, with that one, they, they really played into the reboot, so the requel of it all. And... And, you know, with the new characters, they explained all the rules and it still stayed relevant and made sense. And then the newest one kind of toys with the ideal of franchises. And I can't say too much without giving it away, but Don't. I thought it was going to be stupid. But I was like, holy shit. I walked out of there like that was good. I mean, I've already told you my complaints about it. Motherfuckers be getting right. stabbed in all these movies and they just walk around like that shit was just a scratch. Right, right, um, right. Motherfuckers are like leaving a house full of like dead bodies and, you know, they're not getting taken in for police questioning. They're just like, oh, yeah, go ahead, head home, get cleaned up. Like, no, mug. You got you, you got to come down here to the station. I got questions to ask you, yo. Like, like what are we doing? I, how do I know it wasn't you? Yeah. Like, like I, I didn't just watch this movie. So, like, it could be you. You know, meanwhile, you got like, you know, uh, what was it in the fucking uh, which one? There was one of them like um, 
you know, you got dead cops and shit. Was it the third one? Maybe the third one. There's a cop that's killed or some shit. It's like, at the end of it all, it's just like, okay, everything's cool. Like, no, you're going to fucking question this person. They, they need to go down for interrogation. They don't get to just right. have a happy ending. They, but no, all of these movies, it always ends with their friends getting loaded into the ambulance, body bags being zipped up, and then the main heroine, whether it be Sydney or Gail or whoever the fuck, they get to just like, all right, cool. All right, I'll catch you next movie. All right, girl, see ya. Yeah. You know, no, no, th- those no. are my only complaints. And you know what? That's okay because, like, like those are, you're gonna have complaints about every movie. And yeah. I think ultimately, like, that's like the warm ending that people want to see because they were just pushed through an emotional drama. So they want to nah, see something. I want to see chaos. Nah. Well, th- that's who you are, though. That's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to want that. But but that's not that's not everybody. That's not everybody. True. That's what my therapist tells me too. She's like, Dante, you're one of a kind. You're the only one that wants to see the hero die. I was like, eh, I'm not the only one. But no, I, well, I that's, that's like that's why I like anime. You know, like yeah, I, like I forgot what what uh, I want to say. A zillion, which was not a very popular anime. Uh, but it was Zillion where like there's this hero and all of a sudden he dies and some other guy grabs his shit and like he becomes the, the next hero. And it was like, oh my God. So like this guy who you've been buying into for the first 10 minutes of the episode dies. And all of a sudden now there's this secondary character who doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And he becomes the main guy. It's like, oh, very cool. I did this. That's my cup like, of tea. I'm going to look it up now. It was, uh, they were on VHS back in the day. I had four of them. I don't know how it ended. What the fuck's a VHS? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. I just sold myself out, didn't I? Uh, let's see here. You said it's called Zillion? Yeah. All right. Hold on. Oh, there it is. Japanese animated series. There we go. Where, where oh, are we at? Where are 80s, we at? 80s. Where can I watch you, motherfucker? Come on. I know you're around. Videos. Oh, fuck you. I guess YouTube. I guess I can watch it on YouTube. Damn. Yep. I can watch it on YouTube. That's all right. I'll do it. Uh, I'm getting into it. Love chaos. Um, I never got past like the fourth one because they were on VHS and probably had was four. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's how that works. I was like, fuck, I got to rewind too. Fuck this. Yeah. You don't want to pay the extra <laughs> dollars. Yeah. Uh, that's true. That's true. Um, all right, man. Well, we've been doing this for two and a half hours here. Woo! I and honestly, I could talk longer, but it's late. <laughs> um, my friend, thank you for doing this episode with me. Um, I appreciate the hell out of you and, and just our conversations, whether it's here on the podcast or on the phone or through messenger are always some of my favorite conversations to do. So thank you for that. I appreciate the fuck out of you, man. Which is why since I was 150 for this podcast, I guess it's only fair that you're number five for my next one. Oh, I get to be someone's fifth. Yes. You're, you're my fifth. Fifth is a special yes. number. You really got your groove after five, <laughs> after four. Of I them. agree. Like you're number five. Are, are you down? Can, can, I, can down. I can I count you in? Yep. You let me know when, and I'll make the time. I'll figure it out. I'll look. I'll uh, I'll even say this. 
If you say, hey, we got to record on a Sunday, I'll tell Steve we got to he and I got to record on a Monday. You know so. what I got? I got to be honest and say that honestly, at some point I need to record with you and Steve because I've never talked to Steve and I feel like I know him oddly. We are That's trying to figure out a way. That's how to... good you guys are in Colompton. So I know this is uh, off the mats, but plug to Colompton. The reason why it's my favorite podcast you do isn't so much because the content is so great and this and this and that. No, because it's, it's a very everyday show. It's very seinfeld Like It's just you talk about what's going on that day, and that's what it is. And sometimes I'm sure you have a game plan, but really you just talk. And I like that personally, but I will say this. It's my favorite because I think that it's the most fluid conversation that I've heard in a podcast from, and I've heard other that are like that. Like a lot of people like Joe Rogan because it's, it, it's like that. And I'll say that Joe Rogan, the first like five seasons were like that, but now it feels a little more different. I'll get you. I'll get you. But this is still that genuine conversation with some dude you know and all that. And I feel like I'm a fly on the wall. And I feel like I know Steve more than I think I do know Steve. I know I don't know him at all. I've never had a conversation with the guy. But like, like, like my perception of him has changed since I've been listening to more and more episodes. So that is how I know like it's 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 beyond just hearing him talk. It's like I've gotten to know him, even though I don't know him. So yeah, there, next episode for sure, I gotta get you in it, and at some point, I gotta get Steve or Steve and you. Um, yeah, I'll I'll definitely sort something. I know we wanted to try to like do something where we get you, um, we do a remote episode with you. We're just trying to figure out the logistics of it. Really, I'm trying to figure out the logistics of it because if I if we do it. It's obviously going to be through this platform. It's a matter of, do I have Steve stay at home and then we just do it this way here on StreamYard? Or are we both in the same room and then we have you poured in through StreamYard as well? Or, you know, connect the phone, you know, and have you um, call in. uh, Yeah. There there are ways we're just trying to figure out what's the most efficient way to do it. But yeah, we definitely want to have you on Colompton. And then yeah, for sure, you let me know when when you're ready for me. And then um, I'll even you know tell Steve because we're recording tomorrow night anyway. Well, tell Steve for those, that, tell those Steve of you that he know, he's going to be in it last week. But um, before we get out of here, shout outs, mentions, what you got for me? Okay, well, if you dug this episode, and I hope you did, because this episode's rad and. All the episodes before me were probably much better in the sense that it was way more uh, jujitsu, you know, mat based. But if you dug this at all, uh, this is what I do as well. And I do it with the blessings of Dante and actually the guidance of Dante. So honestly, straight up, thank you, sir. Because um, I didn't know how good this would be for my mental health until I started doing it. And you mentioned it off the air um this would be good for me and i thank you for that because it really has been good for me and i do feel at peace a a lot more now and just the ability to talk and talk to people who one may have the same ideas as me and two may challenge me as well uh it, it both of those are good healthy exercises uh so i appreciate you for driving me to doing my own show 
and it's called Off the Saddle Podcast. You can find me on Instagram, Off the Saddle Podcast. I'm also on Twitter, Off the Saddle Podcast, Off the Saddle PC. And if you, I have a few episodes out on YouTube as well, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash at Off the Saddle. Um, all of which are cool places to join me and follow me. Um, if uh, you want to see more of what you listen, or I said see, but if you want to hear more of what you heard right now, uh, take, take a listen. And I really do hope you enjoy it. It's a different perspective, but it's the same vibe. Excellent. I'm going to make sure to put uh, your links in the show notes. Also, whenever I repost um, on my Instagram, your episodes uh, for anyone listening, his uh, podcast is my link tree. So if I repost it and I say, you know, links in the bio, go, go to the, go to the link tree. Don't, don't play goofy with me. Y'all fucking know what time it is. Fucking go check it out. Um, but thank you, Manuel. Uh, I'll be sure to get everything put up in the notes and uh, link you to all of it. And as always, everyone listen to this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. Thank you for just, you know, I'm an attention whore sometimes. So thank you for <laughs> giving me your attention. Um, if y'all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, uh, you know, want to be a guest, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram, or you can find me at Off the Mats Podcast on Instagram. You can email, you know, I've been getting some emails. I'm not sure if they're real emails. So if, if you're sending me emails, just, just go to Instagram because like emails be fucking with me. So, um, but you can are, email me too if you want. Are they for princes who need money? No, not anymore. Uh, they're, they're from people telling me to get into a Bitcoin. Oh, okay. Um, also, I want to give a big shout out to um, our guest again, Manuel, and uh, his podcast, Off the Saddle uh, Podcast. Again, check the uh, links in the show notes and also in his uh, Instagram uh, bio or my link tree. Either one, you're going to find uh, the podcast. Um, go check it out. I highly recommend it. Um, also, want to give another shout out to, as always, to Nerd Rage Radio. We're fast approaching episode 400 over there. So let's make some fucking noise for those fellas. And Ooh. also me being on there soon. I, I, I missed my Black History Month episode. So I'm going to have to make up make up for lost time. So next time I go on there, um, I'm going to be a lot more chatty. Um, also, last shout out is to our other podcast. Well, our other two podcasts, Clompton Beer Club. Uh, that's Yay. my buddy Steve and I. And then also, So You Like Horror. That's where we talk Ooh. about scary movies. Uh, the newest episode just dropped is about Leprechaun because, you know, St. Patrick's Day and everything. So sometimes we like to appropriate. And then um, we're going to get back to the decades and we're going to be coming up with uh, the 1950s. So that's what we got for y'all. Um, Again, I appreciate the fuck out of everybody. I love you all. Uh, again, you got questions, concerns, reach out to me. And, you know, I'm a friendly guy. I, I will respond. Um, otherwise, you guys keep listening. And I'm going to keep making these shows. Thank you, everyone. And bye. They Now I'm
be seen so